You're listening to the Opie and Anthony channel on Sirius XM. The Ron and Fez show starts. Come on. Now!
round two at Boppers. Our buddies, it's the Ron and Fez show. Uh, it is uh, Wednesday, November 6th. New mayor. Governor wins again. Life moves on. We got little bells that go. Every time you hear a bell like that, an angel gets their wings. We're fucking just giving them away. Uh, all right, it's the radio call and show 866 Ron Zero Fez. 866 Ron Zero Fez. Uh, that was Eddie Vetter, is the artist of the day. Eddie, uh, kind of back in the news for taking a shot at Oklahoma City. I haven't heard this yet. I know it's over on the iBank, but I want to listen to the audio because he is mad at Oklahoma City for stealing his basketball team. Let's take a listen. To be honest, we might have been a bit upset because you have a basketball team and we don't. But we shouldn't be upset with you. It's, it's, it's the fuckers in Oklahoma City. That's who we should really be discussing. Did I say fuckers? I meant to say thunders. Thunders. Thunder fuckers. Uh, but uh, we're, we're, we're glad to be here. If you're comfortable, we're going to play. It's, we're going to make up for all the, all the years. All right, Fezzi, do you blame the city that takes the new team or the city that lost the team? It's the city that lost the team. If you didn't keep your team... Every city in the in the country wants a sports team, no matter what sports it is. If there's one up for grabs, they're going to go for it. You have to keep your team. I don't know. I kind of find it tacky. I kind of find it a little tacky. I used to feel like you at one time, and I don't. This is a bunch of bullshit. I'm on Eddie Vedder's side, and I blame Storm Ravagers OKC for taking that the beautiful, the great franchise of the Seattle Supersonics. They had a lot of love in that city. They, they were. They were a beloved team. And it, it really like crushed them. Like This was a big blow to the city, losing the Supersonics. You know, when I was down in uh, Florida, uh, before they were the, the Tampa Bay uh, Rays, Devil Rays, or whatever they were called, they made a run at a couple of different uh, other places because they were building something. And we were making a run at the Chicago White Sox. And it came very close to coming. What they did is the White Sox held up the city of Chicago to get a new stadium, you know, use Tampa to get it. But when we were thinking we were getting the Sox, almost got the Giants too, believe it or not. The San Francisco Giants Jesus. were very close to going to Tampa Bay. And uh, my friend Bob Lasseter goes, uh, you know, I'm like, hey, this is going to be great. And he's like, how can you take a team away from a little kid? He goes, some little kid there loves that team. And I'm like, yeah. 
That's fucking true. I didn't even think about that. You have to be careful with your own kind of greed and selfishness, you know. So Oklahoma City, they got the team. They love them, but they really did, you know, take somebody else's team. This is highway robbery is what this shit is. But you can't specifically blame Oklahoma City. They yeah, would have gone can. somewhere else. They wouldn't. The Supersonics would have wouldn't have just disbanded. Not, not unless no, they would have stayed in Seattle where they belonged. There was nothing wrong with Seattle. They yeah, that's 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 their home, and they were they won a division title in two thousand five. So it's not like they were fucking you know totally tanking awful franchise. No. There was it was they were they're on the fuck they were on the rise. I mean, Jesus Christ. And Seattle's a great sports town. They show up for everything. They show up for soccer and go crazy. They go nuts in soccer games. The loudest fans in the NFL or whatever. Like, yeah. It's crazy. They're, they're fucking madmen out there. Um, here's uh, Brandon in Houston. Go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, I got an uh, opinion. Go ahead. Uh, as, far as, as far as, I guess, fans goes, uh, Houston did not want the Oilers to leave, but Adams, the shitty, recently deceased owner of the Oilers, was basically holding the city uh, for ransom, wanting a new stadium and all this and all that. And the city can't afford it when we're already paying for a new stadium that he got. Hurt. And, and I agree. Uh, so here's what you should have to do. You should have to call that team the Bud Adams fucking Oilers. You know what I mean? Like your the 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 connection that you have with that city is what makes it a team, and not just a bunch of guys playing. The people of that city put not just their money into it, but their spirit over years. They helped build that franchise up, and now the NFL. Or in this case, the NBA is saying, your loyalty doesn't matter to us. What matters is this product makes as much short-term money as it can. It's just Now, looking back on it, wouldn't it have been awful if the White Sox or the Giants would have went to Tampa Bay instead of them getting a franchise of their own that they do not really seem to care about? And it, it kind of kills the history of the old fucking team, too. I mean, Absolutely. There is no... Real, like, you can't look back over the history of that and say, okay, the, the Tennessee record holder is an old Houston Oiler. No, that franchise is just gone now. It's dead. And the the Texans don't feel like the Oilers. That thing is just gone. Uh, Matt, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Rob. Yeah. I agree with you completely that it looks really tacky. And for me, as a stat guy, it gets a little confusing that you know, you move a team to another city, does that new city then take over the record books? Who really has what record for what? And if Seattle is so upset about not having a basketball team, I will speak up for the entire Northern Virginia, D.C. area and say we will more than happy sell you the sorry-ass Washington Wizards. They are all yours to take it. See, that's an interesting thing. There's plenty of places out there that don't seem to like their team, but Seattle was one of the places that loved they love the X. Uh, Chuck, oh, we just lost Chuck from Cleveland. Um, let's go over here to George. George, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, how you doing, Ronnie? Yeah. Hey, I called for something else, but I'm from Cleveland, too, so my my anger really lies with Art Modell. He's the guy who moved the team, so. But they, they let us keep our records and stuff, but I don't want to talk about the Browns. Um, I called because To me, you, you the Browns just won the fucking championship last year. They're they're yeah. the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. I don't see the new Browns as the old Browns. That team, the unbroken thing, went on to Baltimore. 
It, that's just right. that's just how you have to. And Baltimore take it. was also a good football town. Their team went to Indianapolis. It's ridiculous. And what's fucked up? I, w- I went to the OKC Wikipedia page, and they have them as having one championship. That's the fucking '79 championship the SuperSonics had. OKC fucking never won a championship. No, they've been to the finals, or they've been knocked yeah. out. Fuck, they're not. A, they've never. No, they were in the finals. Any, they don't have any fucking championships. But but I I agree with that 100. percent You can't trace back there. And here's the other thing: all you guys are ready to say if a player. Doesn't fucking play well. Get rid of him. You know, Fez loved Josh Freeman. Had a had, you know a half a bad season. Good, he's gone. Yet you don't hold the owner to the same goddamn thing. Ridiculous. Most of the time, the owner is the the, the has a hell of a lot of uh, responsibility. Um, here's eight six six Ron Zero Fez. Um, here's Darren in Oklahoma. Hey, Ron. Hey, Fess. How you guys doing? Uh, Pepper, you know, it's, it's, in 2008, the Seattle Supersonics were ranked 28th in average attendance for that season. Bad team or not, if the team is moving, you need to get out there and support that team. No, I get it. But that's also when fucking Kevin Durant, when Kevin Durant was fucking coming into the league. They would have shown up. The fucking city fucking liked the Seattle Supersonics. Oh, blow just like your okay. shitty ass, stupid punk music and everything else they got formed. He doesn't fucking like me. That's what fucking. Garbage. Where, where's fucking punk music coming to this? Grunge. Oh, He's saying Seattle yeah. has grunge. Okay, great. He goes at uh, punk. You centaur. I love you. All right, peace. Here's uh, JR in Oklahoma. You're on the Running Fest show. Yeah, I think it's weird that they switch the records from town to town. Like, I heard the other day Kevin Durant is the all time leading scorer for the Supersonic. <laughs> I'm like, no, he's never fucking played, you know, a day in Seattle. Insane. I think it's weird. No, that's bullshit. That he's not a supersonic. He's a fucking. Oh, he's a thunder. They need to keep the records in the town. Yeah, you know, like the Titans. Uh, the, the, here, here's the fact break that, a record for the Oilers. The, like, the, no. This is the interesting thing, Jr. Those that record and the sport itself means more to you than the the owners and the league. What they care about is money. What you care about is the sport. And that happens across the board at all these sports. It really there should be a revolution against the owners. And just fucking, just that's it. Fuck, be, care more about it. And you've, well, well, look at the NFL right now. We're always talking about how great they're doing. There's a state with three teams that are not drawing at all in football. Uh, you watched the Miami game the other day. Yeah. I mean, they're a 500 team or a little over right now, and there was a lot of orange seats up there. Tampa's not drawing, and Jacksonville's not drawing. Jacksonville, that, that should now, never Now, here's happen. the weird thing. All those places have colleges close to them. They're drawing through the roof because they set up these things where, you know, you know you're going to destroy eight. <laughs> you're going to destroy eight teams and then have two good games. They're going to cover every single fucking time. You'd be surprised. If you really want to be shocked, bet some college football. That's something I've fucking tried to... I've stayed away from that I don't think I should fuck with. You could win by 38 and still not cover. It's like, consider uh, college football. De Blasio would not have covered today. (laughs) Uh, Fez, go over what the... The the mayor's race. Where did those numbers end up? Uh, in the mayor's race, it was uh, Joe De Blasio seventy four percent, Joe Loda twenty four percent. 
Uh, Is that got to be the biggest ass-kicking in history? I, I think I, you have to go to, like, an Iranian election to get bigger poll numbers. So that was the biggest New York City mayor's win ever? I believe so, yeah. And those numbers, if you go to Brooklyn, it was like 88%. Those numbers had to come down a little bit, <laughs> thanks to Staten Island and some Manhattan. Figures. Upper East Side numbers. Yeah. No, I, I was all for de Blasio this entire time. I voted for him last night. I just got into the fucking polls. I don't even bother. I got home. I'm like, I might go over to the polls. And, you know, New York 1 is like, oh, my God, what a crush. Don't we bother going. It's done. We're called this. <laughs> no, they thing. were actually telling you to go anyway. Come on. To, to show that there's a mandate. <laughs> I go, I don't want to vote on a mandate or against a mandate. Give me a break. I go, all I want to go is give Watley on a mandate. Ow! Which, by the way, Fez, um, people just seem to be wild about you in a big, big way out there. You're going to end up meeting that subway guy. Um, here's Mark in Seattle. You're on the Run of Fez show. Mark. Do we got you, buddy? Damn. Damn it. He's in Seattle and wanted to give us some uh, numbers. Hey, Ron, it's me. Got gotcha. you there? Good. There you are. Hey, Ron, how are you? Good, man. That dumb shit. Seattle had the second smallest arena in the league. I, yeah, these things come down to one thing and one thing only. The owner wants a free stadium every single time. And more boxes, I guess, more More boxes, boxes, more places that rich people, when they watch sports, A, they can't be around anyone else. Yeah. And B, they have to be able to eat sushi or lobster, and then C, they have to be able to lay down. Well, everyone wants a new gimmick with their stadium. The new one they're building in Atlanta for the Falcons has the vibrating seats. So when a tackle happens, you feel it. You get the surround feel. Yes, yeah, it's a fucking, it's a video game. That's retarded. That's it's an insane idea. It's hey, I wish you'd say special needs, dude. That's special needed is what that is because they're gonna break fucking people going in and out of fucking football games every week. There's no way the thing stays together. But Screw what that. I would want mine to break. I don't want a little buzz to my seat. <laughs> I just want to watch the game. Fuck Atlanta. I'm not Fuck being the Falcons. hit. <laughs> um, here's uh, Turtle in Iowa. You're on the Run of Fez show. Maha, buddies, I got two things for you. Does Green Bay have the right, um, I guess, the template here, having a publicly owned team and the you know the citizenry having a vote in what happens? And you take a look at that soccer team out in Seattle. Don't they have the ability for the public to vote on uh, who the GM is? Yeah, I don't even know all the details uh, about that, but yes. I believe that you're right. And yes, I do love the Green Bay Packers for that reason. And I think, isn't there some premier league teams that are owned by the city, too? Uh, here's Josh. Josh, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. A uh, million bucks, buddy. Yeah. Um, I was just, I think Eddie Vedder would agree with me here, but I think uh, George Bush is to blame for the Supersonics movie. Uh, Brian in Canada, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, growing up in Winnipeg, we had the Winnipeg Jets. You know, all, all the, when we found out they were going to go south, they still sold out every game that season. But you know, for 13 years, Bettman, the commissioner of the NHL, wouldn't let us get a team. Said we wouldn't support it. We finally get a team because Atlanta shit the bed and, and couldn't get anyone out. And now we have the second highest ticket prices, smallest arena in the league, but it's sold out for the next three. You cannot find a ticket, and they're not a great team. 
But, I mean, it, it's amazing to me to have been on both sides. Like, when it, I felt a little bad for the people of Atlanta when we got the Jets. Uh, I don't feel bad for southern teams, southern cities, that lose your that that end up your sport going back to where it belongs, Canada. I honestly think that hockey teams need to be in Canada and then the Northern American cities that always love that sport. It's always been ridiculous for me to see it uh, down south. It's been insane. But the, the, the greed that, that they would take away Canada's actual sport has always amazed me. Amazed me. It's culture clash. Oddly enough. But you got to grow up with the sport to really care about it, you know? You do. There just can't be a new funky sport that comes out and you're going to like, I'm going to live and die with it starting at age 38. It's not that way. <laughs> I'm really into curling and I'm fucking want to steal that. And, from you know, too. people, I'm sorry, but people down south don't skate. They don't get cold. I remember when they went down there and, and the ice was melting until they figured it out for a while <laughs> in Florida. Um, I'm not even making it up. It would turn to fog. That's you would turn around and be fog and water in these places. Um, here's uh, Tara in Jersey. Hey, Tara. Hey, what's up, Ronnie? Two, three, two, two. Oh, old school. Hoo-ah! All right. Uh, Seattle. Uh, the Seattle uh, Sounders. They're owned by the same guy who owns the Seahawks. That's why they play at that stadium. That's why it looks ugly. When they're playing on the football field with the gridiron still on it, I always they, despise that too. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's there's uh, the first club that's coming in that's going to be owned by a prem team would be NYCFC, but they're going to be scum anyway. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. If you have any questions about MLS, you're happy. you're a oh, soccer yeah. guy, Hunter. I'm gigantic. Yeah, as you already know that. But. Um. The sport is growing, but seems to be growing the right way. Just, you know, not suddenly trying to be shoved down everybody's throat, but coming up piece by piece. What hurts them is we ended up watching, you know, Premier League games now. Well, it's like a slow build, right? The kind of like grassroots of people just getting around these teams that are popping up. I like them. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. It is the Ron and Fez show. Uh, giving out prizes a little later on. In the program, also, uh, and we're all, we're excited about this. If you've ever seen the movie The Runaways, which is great, great girl, uh, girl group from the 1980s, Cherie Curry is stopping by here today. Uh, Hicks and I were just doing backflips over it. Very hot. Very fucking cool. It's uh, going to be cool. And also, Oliver Stone. Uh, and we're going to try to go to the left of Oliver Stone. We're going to go so far to the left that he starts to think <laughs> we're crazy. I'm down. Just get way over to the left and just act like we don't um, have... That no one should have money anywhere. <laughs> Here's Mike in Florida. You're on the Run of Fest show. Ronnie B. Yeah. You know, every year down there in Adventure Mall, they put in that ice skating rink right around Christmas. Yeah. And I grew up in Detroit and go down there, and yeah, you're right. The soggy ice is terrible, man. Uh, I think they've worked it out in Florida. The lightning doesn't draw that well, though, do they, Fess? No, no. 
But they've had a team for a long time. They've had they've had a Stanley Cup championship. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that the people are into it or not. You know, they might. Be, everybody likes a championship, no matter what it is. If your arena team wins a championship, you're happy. But it doesn't mean that suddenly the town embraces. You got to have pride in fucking the wins. Otherwise, you're just an asshole. Pride in what? Pride in the wins of your fucking hometown. Yeah, but I'm saying what really makes you a fan is when you stick through through the losses. Uh, to make you to be happy about the wins just means that you like the idea of winning. Doesn't make you a a, a fan of that sport. Uh, if you turn around and look at the city of Cleveland, all the pain that they've had there, they still show up. Uh, Baltimore is not going to win the Super Bowl this year. That town hasn't given up on them. They still stick. That's when you're, when you're fans, when you show up through the ugly times. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Here is uh, here's Ryan in Pittsburgh. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. Uh, how's everybody doing today? Yeah. You sound great. Hey, I was just calling in about the ownership thing. Uh, with the Penguins here, obviously we've had some good things happen in the last few years, getting Crosby winning a cup selling out the stadium, but it wasn't a year before Mario took ownership that we were almost losing. This team had a rotten stadium, couldn't get anybody in the building, and uh, just goes to show some some good ownership and, yeah, backed by taxes in the community, really turned things around here. I would love if there was some kind of thing that you could, if the people really felt like you had a bad owner, that you could force them to sell the team. They should just—they should do that anyway in fucking uh, in Dallas. Force that old man to get rid of it. They love him in Dallas. They love Jerry Jones. Awful. He gave him a stadium with a giant TV. They're crazy about him. He's from Oklahoma and he's leading them uh, around by the nose, and they love him for it. Eight six six Ron Zero Fez. Eight six six Ron Zero Fez. It is the Ron and Fez show. Ron Bennington, Fez Watley. Uh, here is the sports writer. Jerry Barca. Jerry just had a uh, a big article in the New York Times. Hey, buddies. Oh, New York oh. Times writer listening Ow. to our show. <laughs> Fan of the show, loyalist to the show, loyalist to all the opportunities the Ron and Fez show has given me. Oh, that's very nice to hear. Jerry, what's happening? Uh, where are you on this topic? Um, I think TV drives so much of how we view sports is such a big deal even and it's part of why these stadiums are scrambling to bring that TV experience in and I just one of the most interesting things to me is I've been on a few college campuses this fall and this has come up in multiple places they're worried about their Sunday basketball games early in the season because students won't show up because they'd rather be at home checking out their fantasy teams and what's going on in the NFL than anything else, which is surprising. And these are top ten, you know, basketball teams, top twenty basketball teams that can't get kids to come out to games on a Sunday afternoon. I mean, that's perfect when you wake up in college, just roll out of bed and go to a basketball game. Yeah, but you know, a lot of times you turn around. I mean, pro basketball has already started. You know, no, basketball. As much as you love March Madness, now that's what college basketball is. There's no real reason to pay attention until March Madness. And you can catch up pretty damn fast. You have a tournament. And, and they love March Madness because it's great 
TV. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and all these stadiums that we're talking about right now are now TV studios. You, all you got to do is go back. When TV was invented, they thought to themselves, all right, how do we get out to the game? Where do we put the cameras? And they would have, you know, if you look back in some of like the 1950s games, mm-hmm. the camera would look like you were sitting in a in a seat. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And you would basically be watching the game as if you were in the stadium. Yeah. Today, you watch an NFL game. And it's like you're uh, like a butterfly that has somehow gotten into the stadium and is floating all around. The, that is the primary reason for a for the game now is the TV audience. When you go to a game, you're waiting for the TV audience. You're waiting for the commercials, and they own the product. It's a TV show. And to underscore that, last week you guys were talking about the Dolphins game. Mm-hmm. Last week, that was the number three rated show in all of cable. It was Walking Dead, then the Monday Night Football game, and then that. I mean, that was a tough game to watch, though it was close in the end, and right. it wasn't great football. And like you said, there were so many empty seats there, but they had more than five million people watch that thing. It's incredible. People will watch on TV and not go to the games now. Uh, and they've actually just done away with this. They've now saying you can't black out the local games for people not showing up because they don't want to get in the way of the ad dollars. So it is a more important thing that that you watch TV and do what the commercials tell you to do than it is for you to go to the games. And it it drive and it drives TV. That's the other thing. Football drives TV. Those years when CBS didn't have the NFL. Their ratings as a network were crushed, and the people at Condé Nast were scrambling for what they could do. It was a bad place to be. And then you bring back football, and then you promote your Everybody Loves Raymond. It is such a... I, I love now that they have, you know, do you have the announcers do it? You know, where it's suddenly like, there's a tackle, and don't forget Mike and Molly coming up this uh, Thursday night. Mike gets caught eating a pie, and Molly yells at him. A lot of hijinks, a lot of fun. And then the other guy be like, oh, love that Mike and Molly. You're like, this is nothing you would bring up in a game. <laughs> I think I'm going to check that Mike and Molly hat. Yeah. What the uh. fuck? <laughs> or the sponsor is like, oh, hey, Budweiser, it's the official fucking beer of the NFL. Yeah, well, that is, you know, that's the commercial part, but doing promos for <laughs> shows never used to happen. Yeah, the best was uh, they had some like Spring Break Shark Attack movie on CBS once that was yeah. all through March Madness. I mean, it, ad nauseum. It was awful. It was awful. But I don't know whether you guys watched the World Series, but it was Pearl Jam commercials. Yeah, they got the deal. Like, yeah. fucking Pearl Jam will provide all the music in and out of fucking every single break on the, you know, the entire catalog featuring the new album. Um, and yeah, and I'm cracking up because I know my dad's watching every pitch, and he's not going to run out and get the Pearl Jam album. <laughs> Um, all right, Jerry. Well, it's a TV show now. Let's just admit it. We watch TV. One that I, you know, am one of the... I follow it loyally, oddly. So Who doesn't? Although I'm a little... Uh, we were just talking about this. We're a little burnt mid-season one on um, football. It doesn't seem like any of the games are that important. Nothing matters. Well, this weekend was pretty awful because the, the two teams with winning records 
where teams, you know, the Bears and the Packers and the Bears were starting a backup quarterback and Green Bay, and, and that's a Monday night game. But I, I've noticed that, too. By Monday night, I have such little interest in, you know, three hours of TV, especially with Blacklist kind of kicking ass out there. Finally, some good TV on a network. You, you were so angry that uh, Blacklist was pushed away for a shooting in your hometown mall. It was incompetent reporting. Is what it, I mean, it was, it was literally, let's roll the same B-roll 75 times. We're going to cut off the end of your, this thriller TV show because we're gonna, we have this good thing called Blacklist. We're going to cut into that 10 minutes early, and we're just going to speak and make stuff up. Like, people were terrified. It must have been harrowing. We don't know anything. I mean, they must have just said, we're just going to suck you in to our 11 o'clock news. All right, now let me just say this. Don't you think people would have been a little upset if the news didn't let them know that, that there was a shooter loose in their hometown mall? They did let them know that. They broke in earlier in the show. But I think this, we got to report no matter what, is ridiculous because you get such misinformation. They didn't know anything. I'm at a point, for me, I'm at a point where I'd rather know what's going on when you know what's going on versus you just let me i have to send a satellite truck out there and prop somebody up there and they sound like an idiot because that's the only way they can sound because they know nothing well uh here's the thing they were actually behind twitter twitter was Mm -hmm. already out there pushing it and talking about misinformation there was a certain radio host who brought up deaths that there were multiple deaths That whole Twitter, when a news stories break, somebody on Twitter, it's, it's fun a little bit just to see all the different fucking shit coming in. Oh, yeah, it's people- hysterical. <laughs> and I saw one of them that just said this, and a black guy wrote it, ends of shooting up the mall. <laughs> he blamed it on black people, and he was black, and the guy was white. Um, all right, talk to you later, Jerry. All right, guys, have a good one. Peace. Jerry Barker's book, Unbeatable, available at jerrybarker.com and amazon.com. Mm, nice little plug there. For Jerry yeah. and his book, Unbeatable. This uh, this NFL fucking weekend's gonna be a little bit better. There's three games of people of teams that are actually All right, let's hear records. It. All right, uh, Lions Bears. That's at one o'clock. Eh. Panthers Forty Niners eh. at four o five, and then uh, the Sunday night game Cowboys Saints. Everything everyone else. Is I'm losing. not that thrilled about any of those games though. I'm not that pumped up. I don't feel like any of those are must-win games or must-see games. I mean, I, I'm not saying I wouldn't watch any of those games, but I can't be like, oh, my God, I can't wait for this week. And that's how the NFL used to be. We used to be really fired up for these games. Uh, Rob in Vegas. Go ahead, buddy. Hey, Ron. Uh, hey. What about the Bronx Bombers? They seem to be an exception to your rule. People still wear the gear. Maybe it's because it happened such a long time ago. We saw Vince Scully ties it all together, talk uh, about the old records and players. Bronx Bombers are the Yankees, my friend. This is the exact thing you guys in the West Coast don't even understand who the Bronx Bombers are. You never should have gotten the Dodgers. And quite frankly, if uh, Los Angeles would have gotten its own team, you'd have a, a, a great history there by now anyhow. You really didn't have to take it from Brooklyn. It's more thievery. Brooklyn just got over losing the Dodgers when they got the hipsters. <laughs> the hipsters were the first good thing to bring you know, some economic power back into that, and now they got the Nets. Yeah, and the Islanders the next season. Fucking Barclays Center is just dominating the world. Everything goes through there. I don't know if I'd say the whole world, but I would say, yeah, 
It's doing very, very well in Brooklyn. You, your concept of the world is five boroughs and then some trees around it. Sure, yeah. I, I think there's some up north. About 40 minutes. That's, um, that's why people hate people from New York City. <laughs> Literally because of, of your attitude. We're the center. Mm. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. It is the Ron and Fez show. Um, great piece up today about kids reacting to gay marriage. I got the biggest kicked out of that. And the History Channel, Fezzy, is going to remake Roots. See, I don't like this idea. You had Roots. You've already had Roots. It's established as the miniseries thing. Why not take something that was bad and then try to remake that into something better? I, why, why does this remake make you upset, yet you constantly want a new Batman reboot every two years? Why, why are there some things that people act like should never get rebooted, but then like, I can't wait for Star Wars. I can't wait for Star Trek. Because I think people just know, like, source the source material of mm -hmm. it being like a fucking a comic book or Star Wars, and then there's books been written about it, uh, that makes, I think that makes people think that's fine. Because there could be someone else's new vision in more of a fucking uh, kitty thing like that, like a superhero fucking explosion movie. So you wouldn't want to see a new Godfather, but you don't mind seeing a new Batman every two years. Yeah, because I think it... it, it it matters less. I think the fucking original vision, like I, I fucking roots. I'm more upset about the shining. But then remade. here's the thing: when we say to you guys, your comic book movies matter less. You all get your feelings hurt. <laughs> you all end up crying when we say the stuff that you love doesn't matter, and yet you just turned around and admitted it. And you didn't even like Ender's Game, right? I mean, you know, it was the book on on t on the f you know book on. The weird the thing is, a lot of people who like the book are complaining about the movie. I I thought it was exactly the same. Yeah, I thought it was fucking really true to the book. Mm. Surprisingly so. Chris Stanley, uh, the contrarian critic. It's a good title. Well, what about you, Fez? How come you don't want Roots to be remade, but you're okay with? Uh, Batman every two years. I think it's because something like Batman or a comic book movie lends itself to the new film technology. What are they going to do for Roots? Come up with better CGI chains? Well, they did not. I mean, if you want, have you, when's the last time you watched Roots? Oh, uh, decades. Yeah. So it's not like it's something that you hold near and dear. If you go back and watch it, they really didn't have a gigantic budget when they did that. I watched it a few months ago. They were it was rerunning on some channel. I, yeah, it was and yeah, it was. It looked like shit. I'm gonna say this. I saw a plane go over a plantation. <laughs> That's fucking sloppy editing. Yeah. At least come on, fucking take that part out. Well, they didn't want to give it up. They, I think they shot it live when they initially did it. <laughs> I want to see Lamar Burton come back. I think there's plenty of things uh, that people act like they love, but, you know, you go back to what Fez just said, I haven't watched it in decades. I'm going to probably guess three. It was probably the week that it came out. <laughs> uh, fucking memory's fucked up like that, where it's something you feel is like, like you feel you know things so much better than you actually do. Like, give me an example. Well, like, like, like fucking Roots. Like, this is, like, everyone knows what Roots is. So I think everyone fucking then assumes, like, I know Roots, I've seen it, but what, like, half, really no one I can remember what the fuck happened. I, I, know. I feel like I can remember. Everybody's like, is it Toby or Kunta Kante? It's part of it. 
<laughs> I actually said, if you just take the name Toby, you're going to fit in a lot better. I don't get the fucking It'll be hole. easier to spell, that's for sure. Come on. Are you saying that you can spell it, Hicks? Yeah, I can spell Kunta Kinte. Spell it. K U N T A. You're already in trouble. You're already in trouble. Now spell Toby. T O B Y. Yeah. I, I was confused about I E. See? Y. You just proved my point. <laughs> well, I'm, a, I'm not the best speller. Then why bring it up? Is that that's an important thing? <laughs> um, here's uh, our buddy Andy in Cleveland. Hey, hey yeah. guys, uh, just uh, weighing in on the whole roots versus the superhero thing. I debate I never thought I'd ever have to, to do. Um, oh, sure, you you I hang around a comic book store and don't think this debate's ever come up before. You guys well, debate I everything. No, only only really pedantic minutia. Uh, really, we don't get into the broad stuff. Um, the comic book reboot is sort of built into the genre because of the art form itself. It is you know over the years we've had so many different writers and so many different artists re envision the characters on the page that I think once it got to Hollywood, you know, it just. Uh, we're kind of willing to shrug our shoulders and be like, okay, let's see what this group does with this character in the same way that uh, every month or every five months a new team takes over the comic book. I, it's, and I always find it funny that the people who are bitching the loudest about, we don't need a Spider-Man reboot or we don't need a Batman reboot are the same people who will walk into a comic shop and uh, lay down money for four or five different Batman titles or four or five different Spider-Man titles, all from different teams, all from, all following different stories and continuities uh, every month. And they'll bitch about that. All right, but, good you know, good call on that, Andy. All right, uh, yeah. here's Corey. Corey, you're on the Run of Fed show. See, my question is, and this is where I think Fed should be able to jump in, how in this PC world that we're living in, I mean, I was a, I watched Roots. I was a young man when it came on originally. How in this PC world are they going to make remake Roots? Are they going to have to water it down to such a point, maybe like trying to see Blazing Saddles remade? It was a different. I, I don't time. think I. I think just the opposite. You know the, um, and I think one of the reasons why they're doing this is because this Twelve Years as a Slave is getting a lot of critical love. Some people say it's going to be an Oscar winner, I think that they will make it probably even harsher than it looked last time. Um, what do you think, Fez? Um, I know I agree with the caller. I think they're going to try to kind of water it down from what we had last time as roots. Water it down how? I think language-wise, I think, you know, of course there's going to be all kinds. They'll still put up the... Uh, Parental discretion advised things. But yeah, but it wasn't about language. It was about actually seeing people in sla in sla in in irons, t having children taken away from their parents. I think that that stuff is all going to be there, and and people will be you know moved by it. You know, remember, there's a couple generations that didn't see that movie. I would imagine they toned down that torture scene. I I don't think so. I think that if you go back and watch it now, you've seen a lot worse. It's not that bad on TV. Yeah, you remember it for, as a as a little kid, mm -hmm. and B, you know, your first time of really understanding that some people were slaves. Because Fez, 
grew up down south where they go like this. Those people loved being slaves. Oh, I see how it is. You know, and then Roots came in and blew the roof off the thing. Um, Scott, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. Um, I think a lot of times with the Batmans and things like that, you know, you can tell a different story each time. You know, Batman's a central character, but you can have him doing all sorts of different things. You can make 50 of those movies if you want, but Roots, you know, it's a book. It's A to B, and you can't really vary that much, you know, from start to finish. Um, yeah, I'm not sure I get what you're saying, but I guess you do have to tell his story because it was his family story. It's not like you could go out and tell everybody's, you know, Roots story. One thing you don't want to do is trace back and then find out that your ancestors were like slave traders. That would be embarrassing. I, I, I wouldn't mind that bad because, hey, I ain't trained any slaves. And yet you come from that DNA. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, people get proud. Uh, you would be proud if you found out you had some relative that did something great. Oh, yeah. You know? I'll take So it. why <laughs> wouldn't you be ashamed if you found out? Well, then I'd be like, oh, it's a, that, was just a, that was the times they were living in. That's all. Um, we, we started to trace our things back. We went back six generations. And, um, and, you know, we went in and we found out, I guess it would be a great, 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 great grandfather. Holy shit. So that's really far back. Um, and we were in this office and we did it. This great, 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 great grandfather, somebody who gave us some names of the cops. And my family got so pissed off, we tore up the uh, paper and then uh, lit the office on fire. All right, see, that's a bit that's a bit far. Yeah, I mean, the, the guy, the person's long dead. I mean, and my not... grandmother was yelling, "This shame ends here. Burn it, boys. Burn it to the ground." No arrests were made here. I mean, that's arson. Uh, I'm sure everybody thought that you know we were in the right. There was a family shame. Yeah, you but notice... all those records were destroyed of other people's families too. That yeah, nobody will ever know the past now. Let's just wipe it clean. Not in this digital world. Can't burn information. Uh, where did they get the digital information from? <laughs> it's um, in the cloud now. <laughs> it never made it to the cloud. I'm trying to tell you a story. Uh, Dave, Dave, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, Ronnie V. Hey, guys. Hey. Um, I think a lot of this slavery stuff, I just want to see what you think, but I think a lot of it comes out of Django. Uh, I just saw Django recently. And I was shocked by some of the brutality uh, of the film itself, but it did get me thinking about slavery pretty pretty heavy. I don't know. Did you did you feel that way? And do you think some of this stuff, like the Twelve Years of Slave, I think this stuff is all coming out of that. Just wanted to see what you thought about so it. So you're saying everything comes back to Django kind of reigniting? Yeah, I think I think back when it when it came out, and as I said, I didn't see it then, but it really did get people fired up and there was a lot of uh you know a lot of talk about the film at that point and i think that this it showed slavery in such a brutal uh way i don't think it's ever been depicted like that before and i think that a lot of this stuff comes out of that people wanting to re-explore just how horrible and also i think that it was so shocking that i think television and film doesn't really have a means to shock people as much as it did years ago, and I think this is that's part of it. They found a, a really shocking thing. Um, 
you know, there's two things that we that we like to show that I don't know if I always need to go back to say, and that's the Holocaust and slavery. I do think that I've got it that they were bad. I refuse to watch a Holocaust movie. That the Book Thief is coming out. That's getting it's, not, it's a Holocaust movie. I'm like, I don't. I don't need to see the Nazis. What, do, does Harvey have any Holocaust or slavery movies coming out? Let me check. It is the Ron and Fez show. Eight six six Ron zero Fez. Eight six six Ron zero Fez. Uh, Chris Stanley, do you got the uh, the Weinstein companies uh, movies that they got coming out this winter? Uh, yeah, I'm not seeing any. Uh... What's going to be their big movie this year? Well, they have. Um... Fruitvale Station. That's been that they're gonna. Oh, Sal, they have Salinger. They had the Butler that just came out for the for winter. Yeah, they've already had that out. Let's see their upcoming. That's on their new. They don't have anything for new releases right now. That's hard to believe. They normally have the big uh, winter Oscar film. All right, we got to get ready to take a break here, guys. It is the Ron and Fed show coming up. Uh, we've got Oliver Stone uh, a little later on in the show. Uh, Chris Stanley, you're going to go over some apps with yep. us. Yeah, the it'll kind of be the history of apps. I never use them. You are very big into having a game on your phone. Fucking love it. I need it. Mm. I need. I have just fucking loads of games on my phone, constantly touchscreening. All right, and uh, and then we're going to have uh, Sheree Carey, who is the amazing singer from the Runaways. Uh, the little jailbait band from the 1970s that everybody went crazy for. Make sure you see the movie, The Runaways, too, if you haven't. It's really one of the great rock and roll movies of all time. All right, we'll be right back with... Uh, coming back with Oliver? With Oliver, yeah. We'll be back with Oliver Stone. It's The Run and Fez Show. The Run and Fez Show on the old Beat Anthony Channel. Sirius XM. <laughs> You've been warned. Oliver Stone is in studio with us. The JFK 50th anniversary and special collector's Blu-ray comes out Tuesday, November 12th in stores and online. And the Untold History of the United States is out now on Blu-ray. And the paperback edition of the Untold History of the United States is available in stores and online. Oliver, how are you, my friend? I'm nice, Ron. <laughs> I'm a little bit pounded. Um, 
you know, when you go over this stuff for the the untold history of the United States, it's such a massive, massive uh, project. Yeah, that's why we made the uh, well, we did the uh, movie first. The uh, the twelve hours are fl- flow very nicely. I think mm-hmm. it's really a big project. It goes from nineteen eighteen ninety eight to nineteen thirteen, but uh, you know, uh, the book is substantiates in detail yeah. uh, what we're saying. So when we want we wanted this thing to be taken seriously. I am not the historian. I am the dramatist, and my historian co-partner was Peter Kuznick, American University, director of Nuclear Studies Institute at American, and his graduate students did a hell of a job. But we're building on the work of of the revisionist historians of the 19, uh, late 50s and 60s, Fleming and, and w- William Appleman Williams, uh, uh, Colco, uh, uh, Lloyd Gardner, Gar Alperovitz, these people examined the Truman administration, examined the atomic bomb, raised all these questions about what the American empire was about. So I'm just saying we are on those shoulders. We're working off those shoulders. We didn't reinvent this, as some critics would say. But whether you're reading the book or watching it, uh, you're going to have to hit pause uh, every once in a while and just go, what the hell uh, took place here? I mean, it's so overwhelming that you want to do most of this stuff just piece by piece. You have to. Let it sing, that's sing why it. you have to spend the twelve hours, at, mm. and if possible, read the book. But definitely the twelve hours. There's also an audio book out, by the way. Mm. I mean, you want to make it accessible, but you can't simplify this history into a National Enquirer kind of thing, where yeah. you know you're just shooting out sound bites. It's not that way. But where are we? You know, we're in a place where we're completely right of center. We've moved beyond Roosevelt's vision, past it to something bizarre and fascist, and essentially right wing. Uh, and how did that start to take place? Um, it started start? with World War II, basically. Yeah. I mean, that accelerated. Unfortunately, Roosevelt died a few months too early, and the scenario that we moved it, we accelerated into a national security state very quickly and uh, became by 1960 when Kennedy came into office really uh, uh, the lone superpower of the world. Mm-hmm. We, we, we always exaggerated the Soviet threat, but we had a 10 to 1 military superiority. And uh, we came close to war many times, many times. We made nuclear threats five or six times during the Eisenhower administration, and then we had two very close near misses with Berlin in 61, and then uh, Cuba in 62. Well, you know, people tend to look back at the 1950s with some kind of nostalgia. I I don't know why. Not Not for the uh, Guatemalans, the Iranians, the... (laughs) Or the uh, Indonesians. But don't you think even a lot of that thing, uh, the nostalgia people uh, feel, was almost sold by Hollywood, that maybe it never really existed at all? Well, there was a material prosperity. Because we had destroyed everybody else. The United States was a leading producer, owned 50% of the wealth of the world. Every other country was devastated. The most of all was the Soviet Union, which had taken some 25-plus million casualties. They were poor, broke, desperately in need of money. They, They were waiting for the $10 billion that had been promised by mm. Roosevelt. They were hoping for it. It never came to be. So the world was, you know, and we, of course, reconstituted the world. It was our world to, re- to make. Uh, the Marshall Plan was part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we gave the money to uh, the European countries for recovery. Part of our big plan was to reconstitute West Germany. That was a very important part of it. And, of course, was very scary to the Soviets because they'd had two great wars with the Germans sure. and lost uh, in World War One too. So the Soviet 
Soviets uh, had always objected to Germany being put back on its feet. It's an interesting, you know, we go into the depth of that. We can't argue it here. But mm-hmm. the point is that the United States took a very aggressive position after World War II, not only in Europe, but also in, in Asia, with Japan and with uh, uh, all, the, all, all the occupied islands. And we put bases in Okinawa, the Philippines. We kept a very strong military presence in, in the Pacific. And is, is that... A lot of that because our corporations started to work with our with our government in a way that hadn't happened before, where it oh, yeah. became what was good for corporations is well, good for America. With the Marshall Plan, especially, most mm-hmm. of the money had to be spent by American corporations, so the, a lot of the money accrued back to the U.S. We we didn't, for example, we didn't allow the Europeans to 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 create their own uh, refining capacity with oil for oil. We we mm-hmm. kept it in our hands. We we made the classic approach of the British Empire to dominate all economic. Uh, 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 roots and we we took over the world in a sense in a, but we did it not in an open way we did it benignly we doubt to the, today on 2013 we have 700 a thousand we don't even know it's secret you know the foreign bases we're still where we were in World War two all those positions and we've expanded as you know now with the uh, defeat of this the, the uh, collapse of communism in 1991 we have Contrary to our agreement with Gorbachev at that time, we expanded our nuclear, our, our NATO bases to all the, to the borders of Russia. Obama, Clinton, and the Bush, the son, expanded the bases. We have anti-ballistic missiles on the border of Russia. We, again, have a first strike superiority over China and uh, the Soviet Union. Very much strong, very strong military. And hearing, listening, eavesdropping. Uh, cyber warfare presence, and now we're developing space weaponry of remarkable uh, subtlety. For, we'll be able to fire drones from space pretty accurately, the, the, the estimate is, within five to ten years. Uh, and we just love the drones. I mean, we're crazy about yeah, the drones. But we're now. talking about really major drones that would be able to pinpoint targets in any country in the world. Perhaps, like in Star Wars, take out an entire country. Mm-hmm. Or a human being to be oh, able to definitely see. a human being from yeah. space, uh, and if you really, and not only do we have a stranglehold on every country mostly, but we also are inside their heads with our listening devices. <laughs> I think it's a very strange world. I mean, we have... Americans don't admit it because they always feel like they're the underdog. We're not the underdog. We're the bully. And we, we really have this enormous military power. No one in the history of the world, no empires had such strength ever. And we don't act as if... We, we act as if we have the right to, to it, which we don't. Mm-hmm. And it, that it will last forever, which it won't. And I think it becomes very dangerous when you start to feel threatened by the loss of power. If you're the bully and you control all this, all of a sudden, any little loss of territory, turf, affront to your pride, mm-hmm. you can understand where that leads to. Yeah, and we, we've also gotten into our head now that we can't understand why every single country doesn't have, you know, fast food hamburgers, whatever. <laughs> Everything has to go well, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. You're never going to reunite the world that way. And uh, I think you have to live and let live. I think uh, that's the poly- that's what Kennedy said, and uh, what Roosevelt said. What all the heroes of our history, who many of whom have been killed or ignored, have said that live and let live. See the world through compassionate eyes. Mm-hmm. Understand the Chinese way of thinking, the Russian way of thinking, the Iranian, the Venezuelan. Uh, and this is what our history calls for in the end. I mean, it's a long journey, and I think our conclusions are justified. 
I think we would have been in far better shape we would, as a member of the human race, as a true working member, not advancing only our own interests and our wor view of the world, but working in harmony with other people. That is the only way to exist on this planet. So what keeps us from that, Oliver? What is it about Americans uh, that keeps us from wanting to be part of the There's world? A certain self-love, I think, yeah. a certain... Uh, Lack of self-examination. I think mm -hmm. that uh, you know the Socratic goal is a, is a good one to know thyself, and I think if part of that is knowing your own history, and I think that because our school children are not taught authentic history, they're taught a part of our history, but they're not taught the whole thing. Our history is is a correction of that, and it says, look, we have to look at our bad deeds as well as our good deeds. We don't want to make this a Disney movie, we, and the way yeah. we go to school now. Is that we taught like a Disney history, absolutely, it's like a History Channel or a Ken Burns movie or something like that. It's not. A, it doesn't help you to see the world in a global light. And I think this is very crucial. You know, when they did that National Report card a couple of years ago, they found that the American students, uh, high school students, were not the weakest in math and engineering and science, as the news keeps reporting. They're the weakest in history, far yeah. weaker than in math. Well, how quickly? I mean, if you go back and. And anyone listening, remember where you first heard this is the greatest country in the world was in first yeah. grade. And George Washington yeah. was, you know, flawless. Lincoln was flawless. Right. So you're sitting there at the same time that, you know, you're learning about religion and whatever mythology is there. And you're hearing these things and you obviously just accept them. And they're tough to, <laughs> tough to get rid of it in early Oh, age. very much so. I, yeah. I didn't realize how uh, it's, they called it in historical, in historical terms American exceptionalism. Yeah. Uh, the the concept partly God that God is on America's side that you know that uh, we are divinely ordained partly that comes from the pilgrims the uh, Puritans who came here from Europe they were persecuted they came here and they founded a new town a new a new land a new Jerusalem the city on the the hill the shining mm -hmm. the shining city Ronald Reagan referred to it and it's an it's a lovely concept because most immigrants run from fear sure uh, they run from and sometimes they forget. That, the, the, the old country, old Europe, as Rumsfeld called it, becomes evil or bad or the place of dark ideas. And I can understand some of that, but you have to grow up and change, too. With life. Many Asians came here from uh, China and from they, they created our railroads. They, they built up our country which is as much as us. And but the Asians, uh, you know, also felt persecuted by the Americans, too. But uh, we do have many different strains of people came to our country, Hispanic, African, uh, American, uh, European, and, but it became a melting pot, and it's a very confusing melting pot. Some people are, believe in God, some don't, you know, but mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. We, we are a new country, and we felt like there was a moral purpose. And I think everyone celebrates this new country. I, I, my mother is an immigrant, so I know I, I have a feelings like that, mm -hmm. and I've contributed to this country. But I think that's our strength: is the immigrant strain. At one time, it becomes the driving force for new energy, and I think most of the decadence of America comes from the power elite, people who give birth to their own children, who become, with some with some exceptions, become a decadent. Uh, sure. class on the country and it becomes a white minority often a very strong white minority that wants to keep out 
immigrant strains, one that keeps out the blacks, one that keeps out the Irish, you want to keep out the Polish, you want to keep out the, the foreign-born. It becomes like uh, that kind of a situation. And right now, with the Republicans in Congress, sometimes I wonder, what's if they, is that really what's going on? Is there a white minority here that's fighting off this uh, colorization, this mongrelization of our race? Yeah, it almost seems like it was like Yale in the 1950s or yeah. 60s, you know, where you want to say, hey, we are the people, this is our heritage, but... Uh, the most people of, who come out of these colleges, I'm sorry to yeah. cut you off, uh, most of these Ivy League types become the warriors. They're the chicken hawks. They don't go to war, yeah. but they become the ones who want, who always become the hardliners and the hawks. Yeah. They call them chicken hawks and because people like Cheney and the Bush people never went to uh, war. And they were, of course, the biggest promoters. Wolfowitz become the biggest promoters of war. Uh, Mitt Kennedy, Romney did that years later. Yeah, where you, I Romney wish I would have went. Kennedy was the only one who's really quite different because he comes from that class. And like Roosevelt, he was probably considered a traitor to his class because he went to war. He suffered. He was injured he, all his life. He suffered from medical uh, difficulties. And uh, he had a vision that was larger than just an American vision. Well, do you think uh, the fact that you went to war as a young man also... It keeps, also helped me. Yeah. And also the fact that my mother was French. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, going to uh, Vietnam, I, I was born conservative and raised Republican. My father hated Roosevelt and supported Dwight Eisenhower ferociously. I was anti-Castro growing up, all that stuff, you know, went to boarding schools. But when in Vietnam, it didn't change me, but it just numbed me out and alienated me. I came back to this country, and it took me another 10 years of seeking answers, talking to people, enlightening myself evolving and I started to make more and more progressive films uh, when I, I went back to Central America to do Salvador in 1983-4 and I saw a world that was so similar to Vietnam again where we were against we were supporting the death squads we were supporting the military we had American boys and girls in, in uniform there Honduras and and we were and uh, we were supporting the war in Guatemala and Salvador and uh, we, we, our intention was to go into Nicaragua and destroy that revolution, which we considered, which Reagan considered communist. Anyway, uh, it was just, it was Vietnam Redux. At that point, I committed myself to make Salvador Platoon. I started to make more and more progressive films. Well, the great thing about Salvador is you, you just see that madness. It's yeah. just madness on that level. But you know, when you're talking about your films, and I know just about every time that you make a film, all criticism comes from places that don't exist for, for most filmmakers. But for me, you just have to go back and watch a film like Heaven and Earth to, to see that you could have made any... You know That film was so beautiful Thank to you. look at. You could have made any kind of films that you wanted to make, but you've been driven to the films that you... Heaven and Earth was a big financial... Uh a setback for me because it was a, as you said, it was a story of a Vietnamese woman who marries an American GI eventually, but has lives on both sides of the war in Vietnam and then lives on both sides of the United States. And it, it's a, it's a true story. And, uh, Nobody in America at that time, 1994, was interested in seeing a story about a Vietnamese woman. We struggle with that, don't we? Yeah. I mean, even now, how many foreign films get yeah. released in this country every I year? I learned the hard way. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a narrow base. Uh, it has to be American issues. There's very few films on Latin America. My Salvador film, although it was recognized uh, as by the Academy, did not do much business. Mm -hmm. Most films about Latin America are, are dismissed. South of the Border was not seen. Comandante was not seen in this country. 
country. So what keeps you going? Why, <laughs> why are you still throwing uh, rocks? You're right. so you've hit a good point. I think I have a passion for history and a passion for the truth. And I'm looking for the truth in my own life. And I've sometimes contradicted myself. And I just keep going. I try to... I think I've evolved. I became more historic, more of a historian in these last five years doing untold history. Because, frankly, I was exposed to history much more than... So I'm self-educated that way. But as I said before, I, we, we, we're working off the backs, the shoulders of people who've written about these situations. We're not originating new history. Yeah. We're dramatizing it. It's almost like with the Americans themselves, and I'm talking about the audience, the citizens, the voters, it's almost like we ourselves need a 12-step program. Yeah. That there's something that we became addicted to that we can't let go of, whether it's good for us or not. And I mean, a lot of it has to do with the way we assimilate information. That's a very good point. I think it's too fast and a fast food program, a fast food yeah. news, you know, get it quickly. But the news doesn't interest me. It's just trivia in the sense it's the current events. But the patterns are what interests me because it takes longer for those things to work themselves out. Often you get stuck in a news cyclone. It's, mm -hmm. I call it the uh, the uh, the tyranny of now. Yeah, and, you, and you get swept along. And before you know it, you've you got a war fever on and you're ready to go into Syria or you're ready to go into Iraq. It's, it's a lynch mob mentality. Well, it's exciting. It's very football. Yeah, you know, sure. it's us against them. But I remember uh, before we went into Iraq, here in New York City, yeah. and people will forget that the people in New York City were not, because the World Trade Center were here, we weren't waving a bunch of oh, flags really? in New York yeah. City. And there were giant marches, hundreds of thousands of people who did not want to see us go to war, because a lot of people said, I saw this in my yard. I don't want this to happen somewhere else and i would leave some of these marches and go home to turn on cnn to see what it looked like on tv nothing yeah. nothing or just a, a, a small blip so there was definitely a feeling across the board right. that we need to do this on with the republicans democrats the I media remember everybody those protests they were worldwide yeah. by the way they were also yes. in italy and australia germany huge protests millions of people protested uh, against it because they knew it was Nonsense is WMD uh, Bush lie, mm -hmm. and it, but it won out. Why? Because it was pushed by who? The power elite, the people who control the press in this country, the media, the people in government. Most of them voted for it. Hillary Clinton voted for it. Yes. You know, let's be honest. Uh, we never learned from these mistakes. We should get rid of these people. That's why I turned on the. Uh, I went for Obama because I thought he would be against the. Uh, he was against the war in Iraq. He's and but I thought he would be a. a a, a way to reform, a, a, a way back. Yeah. So I, I guess I saw in him traces of John Kennedy or Roosevelt, but I thought there was a moment there in 2008 he had a mandate. From He gave up the grassroots mandate. He, he took the um, private money instead of taking the public option on the financing. Mm -hmm. And by taking the money from Wall Street and the corporations he changed you know it was actually McCain took the public option do you know that yeah and McCain did not take private money uh, Obama did that was a shame and I think he started something that he never could get out of he changed something changed between his election and his inauguration um, 
And he certainly never went back to that. There has not even been glimpses where... Oh, there's been glimpses. You think so? I think he's a more educated and smarter man and a better manager of empire, actually, than than Bush was. Because there was so much corruption in the Iraq War, and there still is in the Afghanistan War, so much wasted money. But still, I think he's a better manager. But being a manager of this thing is not the solution. It's and he does. I don't think he's in control of the, all these recent NSA. Uh, yeah. I don't. I think the military, as with the atomic bombs, they build something or they 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 take it and they will take it as far as they can because it's in the nature to use what we build. And uh, no one seems to have a rain, uh, any kind of rain on this NSA. All of a sudden, we Bush says you're either with us or against us. He jumps from a band of uh, two thousand terrorists uh, called Al Qaeda. He he calls them the enemy at first, and then he broadens it out to be 60 countries. He says, you're either with us or against us. We're looking for terrorists everywhere. Terrorism has always been the basis for an authoritarian government everywhere. Hitler used it. Every country looking to consolidate its uh, hold over its people will cry terrorism. Sure. That's the whole Orwell thing. Of, yeah. Oh, there's something it's in coming. Orwell too. Yeah, we've got no, to. In, that, in the 1984, the government yeah. always calls, you know, other terrorists are among us and so forth. McCarthy, all the all the right rigid right wing ideologues, the authoritarian figures use the threat of an unseen enemy to scare the people, and we, not everybody, but most of them fall for it. But in this case, our power elite, the people who run the media, should know better. They knew better on the WMD. They went with it. I don't know. They live in an abstract world, the same world that tells them, well, Oswald did it alone. Well, Mm -hmm. if you believe that, then you're really very abstract about it because as an infantry soldier, I can tell you that when you shoot somebody like Oswald is supposed to, it doesn't work. That that duck don't hunt. Yeah. Well, I will tell you this about the media. It's you can't sit and deliver the truth at the same time that you're looking at ratings. The fact that that's a corporate entity like any other, uh, it always comes down to money. Um, yeah. And it's the one thing that we will forgive anyone of yeah. is money. Sean Penn wants to talk about Haiti. Everyone's like, shut up, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but if he goes on TV and sells watches, yeah. we'll buy into it because well, we, deserve, we, do, we don't deserve what we have and we'll, we'll, it will bound to fall. How we fall will, or fail will be an interesting... I, as a dramatist, I'd be curious to see how that happens. You know, We could go the Roman Empire way, which would take hundreds of years. There was many out. There was many locales of locations of civilization as it was falling apart. Many people were doing very well in Greece and various countries and in, in, in the Roman Empire for for centuries. But uh, will we be uh, an empire that will be? Uh, how do you say? Because because of our hubris, because of the pride that we have, will we strike, lash out? Are we going to strike uh, in Syria? Are we going to strike Russia? Are we going to strike? Uh, we're going to find a basis to go in somewhere. Will we become? Uh, will we, will we be undone by our military spending? Will there be an economic tsunami? Uh, you know the curve of the ball can, can, can history has shown us that the curve of the ball can break differently. I was in the Soviet Union writing a screenplay about dissidents in 1983. It was the most dead, moribund society I'd ever seen in my life. People had no hope. Uh, there was no economic incentive. There was no compassion. People didn't want, care for each other. And out of that system, within two years, arose Gorbachev. He mm. was a product, a pure product of that system. He was like Henry Wallace in this country. He was a chief of agriculture. And he saw that, what a mess that was, the agriculture. And he set about reforming it. Then he, as president, he set about reforming the country. Communism fell by 1991. 
Uh, so, you know, in our lifetime, I, you were old enough to remember, yeah. you could never have predicted that springtime. For no, those never. seven, eight years, it seemed like the world was going to go on a pe- more peaceful path. And, of course, George Bush, the father, right away went into Kuwait on trumped-up charges. You know, as they remember all that exaggerations about Hussein being Hitler. And I remember Hitler. He was always using the Hitler thing again. And, he, and we put 500,000 men on the Saudi Arabian Peninsula, which is a huge mistake. And it was not really thought about. It was done in that bold spirit of, like, the world is now ours to, to make over. And uh, nobody questioned it. Nobody, nobody fought Bush on that one. And that, as a result of that, we stayed in the Middle East and became a mess with the terrorists attacking us, largely because of that issue. The five hundred thousand U.S. troops stationed in the Middle East. That was as big an involvement as Vietnam, and that was done in nineteen ninety-two, which would have made it approximately uh, twenty some twenty uh, one twenty years after we had left Vietnam. We didn't learn the lessons of Vietnam because Reagan, in his history classes, kept mm-hmm. telling us that the Vietnam War was a noble cause. The control of the past. Yeah, and you get ac- you get accused of rewriting history. And well, I'm writing I'm rewriting history. I hope for the good reasons of trying to tell the truth about it. Uh, and I, I think that's really crucial. Is that if we don't know our past, we're lost. Uh, the uh, the I'm not rewriting history. Out. I'm telling history. The other <laughs> ones are rewriting it. The Untold History of the United States is out now on Blu-ray in the paperback yeah. edition. The Untold History of the United States, available in stores and online. And the 50th Anniversary and Special Collectors Blu-ray comes out on Tuesday of JFK's 50th Anniversary. That's November 12th in stores and online. Thank you so much, Oliver, for coming I in. I enjoyed really it, Ron. Thank you. So did I. Enjoyable. See you next time. Oliver Stone on the Ron and Fez show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Vito, my intern, you go to film school, right? Yes. How many people would you even say are in Oliver Stone's league? Not a lot. Like You got like Wall Street and then... Um, yeah, that's all of his films. But how uh, many filmmakers would you say? I mean, is, is he one of the all-time elites? I would say so. Yeah. I, mean, I would say... Was he won two, three Oscars? Uh, two Oscars, I believe. Uh, I think he's won two directing and, and, and a writing, if I'm not wrong. There's a typing pull to let us know. A little bit of dead end here, air, air here as we look it up. Yeah. Let's see. Two directing, one writing. Hmm. Fourth of July, platoon. I'm sorry, wait. Who said two directing, one writing before I even all the typing started? <laughs> that was you. Yeah. Vito's like, I don't know. What, he went like this. Wall Street. Deadly <laughs> Wall Street. <laughs> Wall Street was good. I'd like to see you, seriously... 
I'd like him to become your mentor. Who, Oliver Stone? Yeah. Of course, Oliver Stone. Who do you think I met? Chris Stanley? Yeah. I thought that was already my mentor. No. It's technically like, you know. That's a centaur. <laughs> don't mentor. Men, man. I'm not a fucking horse. I didn't even think of it that way. Yeah. See? And centaur is a scent. Scent. Horse. <laughs> Break it down. It's all, it's all, you know, it's all Latin. Look at that sen run. <laughs> Mommy, daddy, can I take sen lessons? If you're fucking good. Actually, it doesn't even make sense to say horse lessons. You would take riding lessons. Have you guys ever ride before? No, I never never uh, jumped up on an old horse. I rode across the desert once with Oliver Stone. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. We were talking about doing uh, a fucking film called Barabbas 2. Um, did, it, did it never came to fruition? No. That sucks. So many dreams. So little time, so many, so little dreams. You just got to hang out with Oliver Stone, though. I mean, that's the shit. Is it? Yeah, Oliver Stone is the fucking man, undoubtedly. I like him because we neither one of us trusts the government <laughs> or large corporations. Oh, hell yeah. I don't know why anybody would. Well, yeah, they're only out for themselves. They're not like, hey, let's help everyone. Let's make sure everyone's fucking equal and great. I don't think I, I would be just as paranoid as if I lived in Russia or China, though. I don't trust them anymore. I think I just think the old uh, power corrupts, uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely. I see you. If I saw you as anyone, Chris, yeah. I'd see John Wilkes Booth. Oh, right. Fez. Ooh. Machiavelli. Oh. No doubt about it. Vito, this is going to be like a shocker, but I see Vito as Vito. I don't <laughs> think that he thinks... Uh, it's like if Vito were involved in any of these things. He has his own essence. Um, unlike me, where I'm, I guess, an assassin, I kill a president. No, really really is. He didn't really like... He's not an assassin. He's just a murderer. He was really sneaky. He just you don't think that makes you assassin? No. When you kill a president? Like, he fucking went up behind him and shot him in the head. That's sneaky. Everybody knows who did it. makes you an assassin. Everybody knows who motive. did it, though. Oh, well, well, hold on. Let's suppose you uh, are hired to kill a regular person. Aren't you still an assassin? No. You're a hitman. You're a paid assassin. No, that's an assassin. If you're if you're kill if you're out to kill one person, like you have a to if you have a contract, you're a fucking right. assassin. You're a contract killer. I think you have to assassinate a famous person to be an assassin. No. No, a hired assassin is a guy who's hired to go out there to assassinate people. All right, look it up for us, Chris. All right, assassin, a murderer of an important person in a surprise attack for political or religious reasons. Okay, now Fed sounds 100% correct. And I said surprise. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you, you were both right. I guess I'm a fucking moron then. I thought that you could be a just a paid assassin. What are you going to be like? I'm sorry, I looked over their IMDb. I don't think they're big enough for me to kill. <laughs> exactly, that's bullshit. I mean, that's just fucking no, making regular people it's feel fact. bad. Fez said it, and so did Wikipedia. They don't have a Wikipedia page. You can't kill them. It's not in the All right, let's just, yeah, I wouldn't kill anybody without a Wikipedia page. <laughs> um, but how high up do you have to be? Can a mayor be assassinated? Yeah, because yeah. the whole town knows you. Yeah. Can a school principal be assassinated? Yes, a school principal can fuck. Then, I think then yes, any, they're known in the community. Then anyone can be a fucking. Then you're an assassin. Thank so you. So you're dummy if the if if a bar owner gets fucking killed, <laughs> he's assassinated. But a guy who just works in the landfill can't be. 
It hurts. All of his customers know who he is. I mean, if you told me that you had to at least be a congressman, I'd give you something. But the fact that now the the geography teacher can be assassinated because <laughs> he's known in the community? No. no. I'm not playing that game. What about the school mascot? I don't think there's ever been an assassination of a school mascot. Only if you kill him in the mascot suit during the game, because otherwise no one's going to know who the fuck it is. No, because the guy's it's... wearing a mask all the time. I can always those... tell who's who, though. Really? What is one of those schools that has an animal? Like the guy who brings out the uh, bulldog? Yeah. What if somebody killed that bulldog? I don't think you can be an animal assassin. Well, now we're just... I think an assassin has to be a person. <laughs> What if you assassinate a famous dog? Like Airbud. If you killed Ugga from the University of Georgia. I don't think you're an assassin. No, that fucking dog. I think you're a dog, dog killer. No, everyone knows that fucking dog. You know, we're taking away the, the you gotta be popular. <laughs> or you kill the dog from uh, the artist. Everybody loves that dog. <laughs> that that dog. dog's really nice. That fucking dog gets to go everywhere. I'm kind but of do you think that they do that because they are fun or they don't even know that they're entertaining? Because I'd feel bad. Uh, they don't know they're fucking entertaining anyone. They just know that someone's going to give them treats later. They're going to get, you know, they're going to do something. They're going to be fuck I'm sure they hit them and they beat these animals until they actually do what you they want the trainers to do. And then, you know, done and done. Here's some fucking sad. food. I feel bad then that Shamu never thinks himself. I have sold out this goddamn place. No. You, you never, you guys ever been down to see Shamu? Never, been, never been to SeaWorld. Dude, there's going to be two, three thousand seats there, and really? they'll do eight. Yeah, I mean they just pack you in, and they do like eight shows a day. Jesus Christ! I mean, it's like selling out Madison Square Garden. Shamu's fuck should be cashing it in. It should be living in the tiny little fucking waiting pool that they put it in. What I'm, well, it's a pretty big pool. But what I'm talking about is we should start fucking getting our own killer whales. Oh, that's a fucking. That aren't idea. trained too much, but there's gonna be more of them. <laughs> It'll be an element of danger and surprise to the show. Like who, who knows who's gonna get killed today? All right, what would you do to make SeaWorld better? Vito, you first. I would do, like, live food that you can, like, eat. Like, you can fish and eat your own fish. You're going to look at the fish and then you're going to let them catch it? That's sad. Yeah. You're going to go to, like, the aquarium and you're going to fish? And the only way I would do it. it is if it was sushi. Because the freshness. Start whoring out the dolphins. Their fucking dicks get hard fast enough. And they're going to whore out with who? If a person wants to... Experience a dolphin love. I think that's worse than anything else. Would you do it in the blowhole or like the? No, they have dicks that get fucking hard. Why are you going gay? Why would you go? Seriously, you're fucking gay, dude. I don't want it, but I know there's an element of the fucking population that would be turned on by this. Okay, let me ask a gay man. Fez, would you blow a dolphin? Yeah, I'd blow it. Oh God! This is disgusting. That's the second time today he's shocked me. This is disgusting. Oh my god. That's a dolphin penis. You can't handle that. Why would you want to? <laughs> oh, that's a killer whale, excuse me. But still. That thing is uh, coming up <clears throat> like that water fucking monster. This is horrifying. It's the abyss. It is. It's the squiggly water monster from the abyss. Oh, here's a dolphin penis. It's. That's not so big. It's nowhere near it. It's going the wrong direction. I've seen bigger. Dolphin penises? I've seen way bigger dolphin penises than that. It's disgusting. What's your Vito. problem, Vito? 
creep. I thought Fez was disgusting. Vito just beat him to it. Yeah, it's like why I'm, would you blow a dolphin, Fez? You know they're not gonna let you stay out. No, and I might end up drowning from it too. But a penis is a penis. <laughs> no, it isn't. This, this is a dirty seawater encrusted animal dick. This isn't like a human cock. Is it, are you saying you blow a dog? No, I wouldn't blow a dog. Well, you just said to us, a penis is a penis. And the second we bring up another animal, which is really, to me, a dolphin, a dolphin is just a, a sea dog. I wish we'd call him that again. More, never. It won't happen. They're Did too- you feed the sea dog? <laughs> they call those other things sea cows. So sea oh. dog could fucking work. Oh they my used man, to call them sea dogs. I think the fucking Indians are somebody like that. that all right, stop it. That right. vagina looks just like a regular... I'd say a dolphin vagina is totally fuckable. <laughs> All right. This is a show I wish I wasn't doing. Oliver Stone just left. and Thank God. That was great. And uh, we got somebody coming up a little later on today. Uh, actually, not too far away, right, uh, Chris? No, not far at all. Um don't let everybody know who it is from the Runaways. Uh, uh, Cherie Curry. Cherie Curry. Very exciting. Very, very exciting. Hell yeah. She you ever seen the movie Runaways? I did not see it. That was with Kristen Stewart. But I did not see it, no. Well, Dakota Fanning played her. Nice. And it's uh, a very... Um, that's a very sexy little movie. From a sexy little time. Hell yeah. <clears throat> that Dakota Fanning's fucking popping up all over the place. She was in the motel life earlier <clears throat> this week when we talked to Mr. Emil Hirsch. And she was sexy in that, too. What are you doing? You're like an autistic kid that's just saying stuff <laughs> and saying it back to us? Just call me John Nash. I'm just connecting all the fucking... <clears throat> I know this. You lo- you work better when you're over there. You think so? There's something coming through this say say isn't there? Oh, well, I know the <clears throat> other day I thought I actually got a face full of dust down my throat. No, I'm getting it. That's not good. <clears throat> we got to get you some more water. Yeah, that doesn't get dust out of my throat. <laughs> that's what I thought would help me, but it didn't. <clears throat> It's okay. Do you see it in the room? I can't see it. I the see dust. The are floating. I see dust. Let's open up the door and just prop it open. Sure. It's the midday cleaning, and I think when they start, it starts going through the vents. <coughs> everything that they spray to clean and everything. <coughs> yeah, that's what we're getting. Just works its way through. Air this motherfucker out. That's the only thing yeah, we can do right you. now. For once, Chris, you did the right thing, Aaron. Something out. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Sheree Curry is going to be here uh, from. Well, they're out touring, right? Yeah, she's uh, she has a bunch of tour dates coming up. Um, you go to Sheree Curry That's all the dates. That's where I'm gonna go. Gramercy Theater, New York, Brighton Bar, Long Branch. Okay, it's like an East Coast thing. Yeah. Love and Cop, Rochester, Palace Theater, Stafford uh, Springs, Connecticut, Lee's Palace in Toronto, This in Hollywood, Hamilton, Hard Rock, Pittsburgh. These are cool. Hell yeah. It's a bunch of great, a bunch, bunch of dates in November. And it ended up at the Viper Room. That's fucking cool. That's one of the great venues. And all these other places aren't. Oh, those are opinion. good venues too. But everyone, you know, the Viper Room is fucking famous. For what reason, Chris? The overdosing. Yeah. So I don't, think, I don't see that as a good thing. <laughs> 
It's hello, Daddy. Hello, Mom. I'm your cherry bomb. Um. So anyway, she'll be in here. Who doesn't adore her? And she's like a great artist. She's like a, what do you call it, an artist? Uh, believe it or not, she'll take a chainsaw and a log and a look. Go put it up on her website. Okay. And you think I'm fooling around by this? I didn't think you could do she's that. She's a chainsaw things. artist. That's fucking nuts. Most people use ice. She just no. She doesn't use harder. yeah. She uses like like a tree. That's way more difficult. Oh, why? That's her right there. <laughs> That's sick. She's carving like a fucking, like a very well detailed jacket with a out of a log with a chainsaw. Go to her website and look at this stuff when it's done. That's crazy. You're gonna be stunned if you've never seen this done before. I can barely cut paper with scissors. It's not a surprise, Vito. All right, come on, you two. I'm just saying. You dress up like each other constantly. He dressed up like me. There you go, chainsaw Whoa. chick. Chainsaw chick does what she makes. This is ridiculous. This is yeah. like old Greek shit. Like, this is fucking really impressive. Yes, it's very impressive. I'm already telling you that. I've been to the site before. What? Oh, look at that nice little dog she did. That's yeah. The detail's crazy. With a chainsaw, it seems it would be impossible. That's awesome. I can't wait for her to come in. I hope she brings a chainsaw. She will. Good. She'll bring his chainsaw in here and... What I might have her do is just chainsaw Vito down to a, a manageable amount. Would you mind, Vito? If, you know. Which half? Yeah. Which half? Bottom half. Also, you know who she is, well, was married to, hmm. had a kid with, is Robert Hayes from the airplane movies. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's really fucking cool. Yeah, she's lived a life. Hell yeah. She's lived a, a very cool life. Then she gets to make chainsaw art. Yeah. It's fucking nonstop cool shit. I wish I did it. See, the thing is, I wish I did the movie Airplane and married one of the runaways. That ain't fucking bad. What a great premise for a band, right? Oh, yeah. Underage chick calling them the runaways. <laughs> <laughs> if you think they're Hello, Daddy. Hello, Mom. Very hot. Something about it works. Something about it just works. Um, didn't you have a bit for us to uh, do here, Vito? Something you wanted to talk about? Yes, I did. Yeah. Well, one thing I noticed in my demographic, I guess you could say, is What that do you mean your demographic? <laughs> demographic, my... my um, People your age? My generation. Okay, your generation. Oh, oh my God, this is, this is not good. <laughs> he is the greatest of his demographic, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. But anyway, iPhone, like, iPhone apps go through trends a lot, like people go through trends with fashion and stuff. And I realized every few months and there's a new app that everybody's talking about and you see everybody doing on the train. And these are just a few of them. These are all of them, actually. Um, do you do any of the apps at all, Chris? Uh, yeah, I, pl I play a lot of fucking. I play a lot of apps, but just on the subway. It's a, the subway is just I can't fucking. Okay. It's like a, from a way home from work or two to work. I'm just I'm constantly. It's all I do. It makes the trip go faster. Right now, I'm really into flip kick field goal kicking 2014. 
I'm hitting like fucking 65 yard field goals and like 20 fucking. No, you're not. You're touching a phone. No, but I'm fucking nailing through the uprights, man. I'm fucking killing it. This fucking game I'm obsessed with. It. All I do is kick field goals all day long in the subway. It's awesome. It's, you should check it out. No, I don't want to. I don't. First of all, if I send a text, I feel like my battery gets destroyed. So I'm not going to sit there and waste battery on apps. I don't get it. You'll feel like a fucking NFL kicker. No. If I want to feel like an NFL kicker, I'll wait till I get home. I'll play Madden. <laughs> but see, this is great. It just it takes. All right, let me set it. Set me up with it. Okay, I'll get it for you. No, let me right now on your phone. All right. I want to just goddamn eat all the goddamn battery out of you. It's already shot. It's great in the bathroom. Great in the bathroom. You're gonna end up with you got now you got a shit phone. You got your phone near your ass, and you're basically breathing into shit. There's nothing but shit particles on most phones. That's a fucking fact. Hold on, the name nothing but shit particles could be the name of our band. <laughs> in a perfect world, it just makes the time go faster, and you think about it less. All right, so you don't have it. It's too hard for you to do. Right, what do you play anyway now that he's wasted all my time? What do you play, Vito? I'm a big fan. Right now, I'm really in the temple run. And what's that? Will you pretend you're Jewish? You're late, <laughs> you're late for services? No. You pretend you're Indiana Jones, basically, and you run. So, like, you're this little dude, and you're running, and you're running, and you're running, and you just flick the screen, and you make, like, rights, you make lefts, and you collect coins. It's the coins. stupidest thing I've ever heard. I can't tell you how obsessed I was with fucking Tumble Run before I fucking started playing Flick Kick, Field Goal Kicking 2014. You know what? Instead of that, why don't you find yourself a conditioner? Because <laughs> it looks like your hair is unmanageable. It's naughty. It's naughty right now. My I can't wig, even get a comb through it. My wig looks more real than your hair does. You know what? You're a fucking dick. And I don't need that shit from an intern. He is okay? right, though. He's was, right what he said. That fucking wig was shiny. Shiny black. But Temple Run is a great game. Myself and Eastside Dave McDonald had a running feud in it to see who could get the highest score. You guys used to have a running feud by just slapping your penises on each other's nutsacks, <laughs> saying, I'm your boyfriend, I'm your boyfriend. That never happened. It did happen, Vito. So spread that around and tell your friends. Oh, please. I'm your boyfriend. I'm your boyfriend. Uh, I'm your boyfriend. I believe it. Yeah, thank you. Don't say that. You told me to grab my dick two weeks ago. <laughs> I never did. did that. You did. You did. <laughs> I'm a bad person. Uh, it's the Ron and Fez show. Sitting in here, uh, a kid from another demo stuff from <laughs> Vito. It's up on the iBang right now. And these are, go over and look on your screen, Chris. Um, check your thing for the changes. And we'll go through some of the apps that you guys claim is must have. Yeah, must have. You this is this is stuff you fucking got to be playing. By the way, I'll just point this out. Vito did not shave this morning and looks 45 years old. <laughs> All he needs is a little bit of Joe Rockhead and he looks no one's playing your game. So forget about it, Hicks. You blew it. You had your chance. You had me kick a field goal and you blew it. <laughs> All right. I'm depressed. Alright, so these were the apps that basically people felt like they had to have, and then, more or less, you move on to the next app, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. People were fucking talking about their scores and shit on it. Do you remember 
your first big trend app, Chris, is it on here? Yeah, actually, it is. Because uh, I remember when I first got like a touch phone, because I didn't have one for a long time. I was like, I'm going to keep this BlackBerry forever. And it's never going to change. And BlackBerry will always be around. I finally got a fucking thing. And Angry Birds was something I just became obsessed now with. Now little children play it, right? Yeah, it's a giant it's a giant like industry where it's like, you know, everything's branded Angry Birds. Like you can get anything with a fucking Angry Birds style on it. I want to point something out to you. It's been left to children. So basically when you were doing this, you were acting like a two year old. Yeah, I guess you could say that. But because the game hasn't changed, right? Uh, they no. did not make it easier. No. They've released different like versions like Star Wars Angry Birds or whatever, you know, that you have to pay for, and that which I did. But I never know. Alright, Vito, what about one of yours? Is it up there? Yeah, well Angry Birds is like the big first one. For everybody. For everybody, because that was like when the iPhone first came out and like was getting big. Like, By the way, when did the iPhone first come out? Because somebody just said that, isn't the iPod only like seven or eight years old? Or tw ten years old? The iPhone first came out geez, in 2007. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. It's not that old. It's weird. six years old, but you guys are looking back on your <laughs> early apps like you were looking back at 1980s TV. <laughs> like you're throwing it in your nostalgia brain right next to Cheers. Shit. All right, give me another one of these things then that used to be cool. Words with Friends was huge. Like Words with Friends was one of those ones where... A lot of, like, you would be sitting next to somebody and they would show you their phone and go, oh, like, help me out, come with a good word to compete against this. It's basically fucking Scrabble. Yeah, it's Scrabble. I know people obsessed with this, that all they did was play words with friends. And you could just play with random people online. Well, I do remember when Alec Baldwin was trying to play it when the phone took off and he got in a big fight. <laughs> and he had to keep playing that, you know, he would not turn off his phone because he was playing words with friends and they actually chucked him off the phone. I yeah. chucked him off the plane, not off the phone. <laughs> Unless he had to catch a phone to go to another airport. He had a sick freak out. Who wouldn't? He couldn't play his Angry Birds. Words are friends. Baby one Angry Bird. Words are friends. Scrabble. It's totally different than it's just spelling fucking All shit. Alright, play one with me right now, see if I can get it. Like I I'm your friend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a word with friend. Alright, um Joe. <laughs> Okay, so now I have to give a second word. Well, no, you have to. It's it's you have it's Scrabble. You have to fucking right. build words. So you have to have like fucking like like L M. How can they get away and not pay Scrabble and rip them off completely? I have no idea. That's what I figure. Like, why is this Scrabble fucking getting paid? I, I want to stop you for a second. We've bored Fez so much that he's just watching the show go by him. None of this stuff means anything to you, right, Fez? I can't imagine playing one of these games. I, I would take the time to, you know, to run around uh, the temple. But have you ever played any games of any type in your life? I've maybe played the computer solitaire. <laughs> that is it. What the That's fuck? That's 1978. <laughs> what about Minesweeper? No. <laughs> no. It's Minesweeper. <laughs> um, all right, give me another one that you guys played. Well, kind of like, kind of like uh, Words with Friends was like Scrabble. They came out with Draw Something, and that was pretty much Pictionary. I did play a little Draw Something. <laughs> draw Something was fun. Um, yeah, but I got to tell you the truth. I got angry because I couldn't draw things as good as I wanted to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't set up. No matter what you were drawing, it made it look like a, a, a three-year-old. 
And the worst is people get mad at you and they go, you're trying to fuck me over and not let me get points. That didn't look anything like it. Oh, yeah, that is right. It right. would feel like when you draw better than the other person, it would feel like they let you down. Trickery. So then we also got kind of like I told you I was a big Temple Run guy. Mm -hmm. I also really love this game, Subway Surfers, which was a rip off of Temple Run. Mm -hmm. All these games really rip each other off. Sad. But Subway Surfers is awesome where it's just you're running in a subway track and there's a cop chasing you and you jump on top of subways and then there's a hoverboard that you fucking ride on. And I love hoverboards. But do you realize that this game that you play adds zero to your life? Oh. No, this one is... And it's not even good enough graphics because it's on a phone. Subway Surfers is great because you compete against friends, and you can beat your friends on Facebook, and then you're top dog. And that's what Are you doing a commercial for them now? It sounds like <laughs> they're fucking getting paid. It sounds like it. Are you wearing a fucking Subway Surfer hat right now? Maybe. He's going to be a Subway server <laughs> See, by I the time he gets out of school. <laughs> I know a lot of people love Subway Surfers, but I always said... Fuck you, Subway Surfers. You're you know just like Temple Run. You're a film student, right? Yeah. I wish Oliver Stone could hear you talking so he could puke in his own mouth <laughs> and then swallow it back down and just think to himself, is this why I killed so many of those Fiat Kong? <laughs> do you know when he was your age, he had kills in? You haven't killed anybody yet? How do you know I haven't killed anybody yet? Come on. All I gotta do is look at you, son. You'd fucking flip in a heartbeat. No, I would. You got the you got the strength to kill, but you don't have the. You would actually blurt it out at some other. <laughs> he'd be like, "Hey, that's like that dude we killed." Why? I mean, that we didn't kill. But, but you just said you killed someone. Not all the way killed, mostly killed, right. but he did stop breathing. All right, you, I'm gonna call the cops. I want to check his age too. I think he's 45 because he needs a shave. <laughs> The thick beard you have, Vito. Dude, you don't know how much... When he lets that beard come in, he looks just like you. It, it, it's fucking... I know, because he looks like me if I'm fucking clean-shaven, which is fucking never. So the beard thing is really freaking me out. All right, what else we got next? Next we got Snapchat. Snapchat. All right, that's the one that you take pictures of your balls and send to your girlfriend? No. Sometimes. You compete against your friends? No, you don't compete against your friends. You just send your friends stupid selfies and you get girls to send you titty pics. Snapchat's fucking blown up so huge, it's crazy. They also said that these things don't really disappear. No, there there's apps now that people... Like, as soon as this happened, it got a little popular. Dudes made apps that... This will fucking save every Snapchat that you get. So, you know, all the titties and crotches But what's are, the difference from just sending a photo? It, it disappears. So if I sent you like my middle finger, fuck you, fist, you would see it for that second, and then it would go away, oh, never right. to be brought back. It's Snapchat, and you can draw on it and like make it a fun picture and put a caption. Like, on hey, it. fuckers, and it's going away. Check or, out look, my, yeah, check out my cock. Look at it. No, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Until about five minutes from now, when I send it again. This <laughs> <laughs> is my asshole now. <laughs> Bet you love that shit, huh? Weirdos? Hold on. I just got a Snapchat from Oliver Stone. Oh. He's shooting a VC in his head, and oh. now it's gone. <laughs> Fucking Christ. I guess he really did that. <laughs> or it's from one of his films. I don't know where he'd find a VC right now. Uh, right at that point, Eisenhower went on to uh, move into the Philippines. He's got a great voice. Yeah, he does. Fucking guy's the man. <laughs> Well, you're the man too, Chris Stanley. Oh. You know all about Snapchat. Yeah. Temple Run. Yeah. Flip you're the kick. coolest of your demo. 
<laughs> Slightly older. Ladies, the best, ladies and gentlemen, the best band of their demo are here tonight. <laughs> Give it up, bitches. You That's making a I movie said. right now, Vito? Yeah. What's it about? It's about Bigfoot. Did, is Chris Stanley starring in it? I actually haven't Ouch. talked to him about it yet. Yeah. Someday I want you to bring your buddies in here. I want to just see what your buddies are like. And how that whole crew rolls. I, I told you, I'll bring in my bromance partner. Well, that makes me nervous. That's creepy. All right? Throwing out your bromance partner. Bring the, the homie in. Do they all like wrestling? Did you say homo? Homie. Okay. I'm not homophobic. Yeah, they, well, my best friend likes wrestling. You're homocentric. <laughs> <laughs> you ever play Candy Crush? <laughs> No, gotta tell you the truth, I don't play Candy Crush. Well, that's the fucking shit right now. That's what everybody's on right now. That's what all the apps have gone to. Yeah. Like, that's the one that's currently... The weird thing about Candy Crush is it got featured in that Gangnam, the Gangnam Style second video. And mm -hmm. people just thought, like, this, is, this fucking music video is just a commercial for Candy Crush. And after that, it's like the company's valued at, like, billions of dollars. Because literally everyone, that's all, if you go on the subway in New York, coming home from work, people are just playing Candy Crush. That's it. All right, I want to come up with an app and make a billion dollars. That fucking sounds like a great idea. Well, Let's do it. Candy Crush, we have to pay to play. And if Good. you don't pay to play, you have to, like, send people messages saying... Be my friend so I can play and send me like Candy Crush points. So like, yeah, they make it so that you have like a limited number of turns, and so and and so that's that's where they make all their money. So it's like five bucks, you can fucking get more turns. Yeah, I'll do it for five. Sounds like a <laughs> carnival game. <laughs> they're just they're fucking they're brilliant. Whoever fucking came because Candy Crush is no. There's like a thousand other games like Candy Crush where you just match three things in a row and then they disappear, like fucking Tetris or whatever. But they just added a fucking mon they monetized it, and so now it's worth billions of fucking dollars. It's crazy. Well, they got to sell out now. Yeah. Don't hang around with it. Yeah, like the uh, Farmville guys. Remember Farmville, like on Facebook, where people remember like, playing it right now. <laughs> playing it in my pants. No one else is even fucking playing it. <laughs> oh, I thought everybody was playing it. Now they stopped. Those guys didn't fucking cash out. Now they're in deep shit. They could have fucking done it years ago and just been fucking banking it up. Let me tell you something. If someone offers to buy anything from you, sell it to them. <laughs> gotcha. Um, someone said to me, why did you sell your comedy club? I go, because there was an offer. <laughs> and I thought there would never be a second offer. There was interest. Yeah. Um, it is the Ron and Fez show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, got any more of these? Yeah, we got another one called Bitch Strips. Now, this one's, like, pretty all over my Facebook right now, because it's, you just make your own comic, and you put yourself in it. I have and no idea what you're talking about. You make a comic strip with you yeah. in it. This that sounds fucking like crazy. It's, I'm working on one right now called Chris Stanley and Ziggy, and it's so fucking good. Oh man! It's like a at work thing. Oh my god! And you put yourself. It's in It's gigantic, dude. I've never even fucking heard of it. I'm out of the fucking. Don't you want to be in a comic strip? I guess. I don't know. People love putting themselves in things. Are they? Are they? Are they do fantastical things inside the comic strip, or are they just fucking? I have one friend that put up the dumbest one I've ever seen, where it was like him on top of the subway, and it was like riding to work in style. That didn't happen though. He didn't ride the. He didn't ride the subway like that. Oh, oh, Vito, your friends are dicks. That's not cool. Uh, 
I don't even know it, but yeah, bitch strip sounds. I guess that sounds fun. So these are all up on the iBang, right? Yeah, they're all broken down right there. The only I only played one real hardcore game like this, and I had to quit because I was stupid enough to bring it up on the air, and then all the listeners wanted to play me, and that's Song Pop. Oh, yeah, Song Pop. That was fucking huge for fucking a little while. People love Song Pop. It's bigger now than ever. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, see, I'm just stuck in this Candy Crush field goal kicking world. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> likes the field goal game. Well, that's no, what I mean. fucking like it, alright? So get off my fucking back, because it's really <laughs> enjoyable to fucking nail a, a field goal from like With 60 your finger? Yeah. Do you realize, though, that no one ever has two apps going at the same time? Like, you have your app, yeah. but you don't want a secondary app. No, so. no, I gotta burn out on it. I, yes. gotta <laughs> I feel the same way. So I'm no matter what I'm doing, even obviously the same thing of a game, like a video game. Yeah. I don't want to have too but i only play sports games i'm not like you guys yeah and i don't play out of season i'm just welcome welcome back my nba nice yeah <laughs> i saw the commercials for it fucking lebron bringing back the fucking chalk dust shit oh yeah <laughs> that's the talk of the fucking town i'm actually gonna tell you the truth halfway through the nfl season i feel like i'm bored with the nfl right now i felt burnt out two weeks ago and this past weekend when there was no only one game with winning teams facing each other which was Two nights ago on Monday Night Football, mm -hmm. I was like this is this. These, these games suck. Like, who gives a shit what's going to happen? None of these fucking teams are going anywhere. Great, the Chiefs are fucking nine and zero. Perfect. We didn't see this coming. Playing the Bills, the Bills still suck. Great. If football is boring, you guys should watch something else on Monday nights. Stop it. I'm not watching fucking Raw. <laughs> you don't want to be a child. <laughs> not watching Raw. You could head home to your mom's, you and, you know, watch in one room, she's upstairs. Nothing changes. It all comes full circle. Fez, you still into the Raw in a big way? Um, I haven't watched it in a couple of weeks because of my lousy cable service. I never heard of cable service as bad as yours. It's awful. <laughs> Seriously. Since they started working on the building, someday, I think it just depends on which way the wind's blowing at this point. I sent Fez an email um, two nights ago. And, um, it was during the football game, and I'm like, are you watching this shit going down right now in the, in the Jersey Mall? And he's like, what? What's happening? And I tell him, he goes, okay, I'll go downstairs to the studio. Dude, it's like 11 o'clock at night. Oh, he was no. up in the office. So I'm like, what are you doing up there? Because nothing works at home? No. no it just, it'll, all, it'll work for a few days, and then next thing, I mean, it's out still right now. You should just fucking get a Dish Network thing and just solder it to the side of your window. Fuck it. Fuck the building. Just get some sort of entertainment fucking beamed into your apartment. And there's the internet. Or be a cord cutter. That's big now. Pay for your Hulu, your Netflix, and firstrowsports.org. <laughs> and get every sporting event streamed to your home for free. That's how I get shut down now. It'll get, it gets shut down every other week, but it just pops up. How right long has this up. been happening to you, Fess? It's been like, I would say, two months on and off where I will get, I will have cable, lose partial cable. Mm hmm. Lose all the cable, then it comes back, then it all starts again. I lose it channel by channel. Does your mom still get good uh, cable in Florida? 
Um, I don't know. No, because I think she gets the same kind I do. Yeah, but it doesn't go out anywhere else but New York. I never had problems with Time Warner before I came to New York City. Really? It's Time Warner New York that sucks. That's evil. They're evil bastards. I was, for some reason, my internet just slowed down for like the last three weeks. I don't know why. It's I just blame Time Warner, and I curse my landlord for not letting me just get a goddamn dish attached to my building. Make everything better. And then some dude, I think, some dude uh, posted a blog like that made everyone go crazy because this guy was able to get HBO without having cable service. How'd he get it? There's like there was like girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get your fucking Time Warner info to log in HBO Go? There's some loophole from a cable app in the early '90s that says HBO, no matter what you have, HBO has to be offered to you a la carte. So you can just be like, I don't want cable. Oh, that makes sense. I don't want cable. And then they just give you like the super basic package of, of channels that you know everyone gets. But you can order also HBO. HBO is the only pay channel like that where they have to offer it. So this guy found this out, and now he has fucking HBO and doesn't pay for any other cable. And he just you know has Hulu, Netflix, all the other stuff. This guy's like some sort of fucking internet savior now. Everyone's like, oh my god, finally. Because people freak out because they can't get HBO Go in, like, Europe or whatever. It's very odd. I don't understand how he doesn't have any cable at all. He just pays for internet. And he, and if you if you only pay for internet, they give you, like, there's, like, a basic channel list, whatever, the first, like, 30 channels or something. And then there's an act, that, this act that got done in the 90s says HBO has to be offered a la carte. So you can just get HBO. HBO just got this fucking deal. You get it now, Fez? No, so he's watching HBO on his computer. But you can hook that up to his TV. Okay. You can hook up, you know, with one cord now. Yeah. Good for that guy. Fez, you're better off with rabbit ears. (laughs) I'd get more shows. What shows are you watching now, anyway? Um, Eastbound and Down, I watch when I can watch it. Um, that was that was one of the shows where I'm watching it in the middle, and all of a sudden I see it going. The picture freezes; it starts getting really pixelated, and then it goes. Mm. So I, did I not can't. S- I can't relate. I can't look. You actually sitting there playing your goddamn phone app while Fez is telling us no. about his TV. No. He just fuck. He just put himself into a comic. <laughs> I think Vito's at work. Put it's yourself just... in fucking Barney Miller. <laughs> no, not Barney Miller. What the hell is that, Barney? And friends. Mm, I'm no. Barney Googlers. I was trying yeah, to do a 1930s it. fucking reference. I was like trying to go back as far as I possibly could, <laughs> and I missed a joke. Oh, that. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to go back to like one of the original goddamn <laughs> comic strips that ever existed. That's funny. I was like a prospector. Uh, so what, Chris? I don't see you. You know what I mean? Coming up with anything like that? No. You don't even know what the app is. I can't even get my fucking field goal kicking app to work. Fucking phone died. Like an asshole. I really wanted you to play it. Yeah. Well, even your phone doesn't want to play that game. Yes, it does. They play it all the time. The reason why is that. He used it up playing it all the time. I play coming in, play going out. Uh, coming up in just a couple of minutes, and this is exciting stuff from the Runaways. Cherie Curry is going to be here. 
Cherie Curry. That's super. If you don't watch the Runaway movie, then you're an idiot. Go to CherieCurry.com for dates. Uh, she'll be doing a tour out there. Very exciting. Hell yeah. All her dates are on her website. I can't wait for her to come in. Just wait like a few minutes. You're always saying you can't wait, but that's the one thing you have to do. It sucks. Waiting for shit sucks. Chris Stanley, um, you and Davey Mack, I heard, had a pretty bad falling out the other night. Oh, no. I heard you guys screaming at each other. Oh, I mean, sure that happened. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm positive because there was some. What's the involved. biggest fight that you and Dave ever had? Whoa, let's let me see. I know once he fucking threw a phone. He was like so pissed. What the fuck were we arguing about? I know when we were both working on the Ron and Fez show and we were both in the booth, we would have fucking screaming matches. I know. I used to look over and crack up. I, I'm sure you would just see me fucking in the booth, but Dave was past there, so you just see me screaming like motherfucker, just losing it. Fucking at the other side of the room. I'm getting ahead of Weren't you worried about making him nervous by doing that? No. Going to his anxiety? No, no, no. We just, we just fucking went at it. That's why me and Fez never have a fight, right, Fez? Because I get too anxious. No, I'm the anxious one. I'm the anxious one, always. No, it's my anxiety. I know, I was kidding. You caught me. <laughs> Vito, who you fight with all the time? Your mom? You and your mom scream at each other? Oh, yeah. Does <laughs> arguments? You're like, you're not enough cheese on the pizza. No, that's offensive. Hey, hey, hey. mom, where's my monkey and accordion? I want to go out to the park. I want to go out to the park. Slice me up some more today. <laughs> What was it? Mortadel. All right. I didn't like let's that. shut this I down. Like no, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, you're being racist and the door's open. No, that's, is that racist? Yes. It's racist against Italians. Just because we don't understand you doesn't mean that it's not racist. We're with an Italian, though, and he doesn't seem too offended. No, that's, so what? It's a positive. <laughs> For later, if someone actually did get pissed. I'm not even Italian. Hey, oh, hey, 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 yo, hey, yeah, hey, uh, hey, 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 where's the accordion and the little monkey? Let's go down to Mulberry Street, have an espresso, <laughs> eh? Right? Hey, you know who's a good actor, Bobby De Niro? You know what I'm saying? Good you know fellas. what I'm saying? Number one. Good fellas, number two. Look, you got Godfather, number one, Godfather, number two. I'm going to tell you something. Godfather, number three, pretty goddamn good. <laughs> you got Rocky. <laughs> Donnie Brasco. Donnie Brasco is like a Vogues. Casino. Really all months go see. I just thought of something. Work. What if uh, um, the uh, the group comes in here? They're coming in, the Curry family, because now I'm, I'm hearing that Cherie's going to have her son with her. Yeah. If they come walking down here, they just got off the plane from California, and they hear us doing this. They're like, what kind of shitty show are we going on? Hey, Sherry, welcome to the show. <laughs> hey, sit yourself down a little bit. I'm going to get you a little Parmesan. Have some mild pepperoni. There you go. Some sausage. 
This is weird. Drink, eat, drink, eat, drink. Be a great way to just intro every guest. <laughs> yeah. Italian feast. What are you doing? Just sitting there, sitting in your chair. He's <laughs> some fresh mozzarella. Hey. So good. We always force food into people. That's our big thing. Like, like eat it, eat it, eat it. No, 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 no. Like, what, what do you try to feed people all the time? Like, if I have a friend come over to my house and my mom thinks they're hungry, she's like, you want some pasta? My friend's like, no, I'm good. My mom's like, let me make you some pasta. Yeah. Let me make you really some nice pasta. Right. Does your like, mom make great pasta? Yes. I'm sure he's great pasta. Great chicken parm. I told you this guy's before. Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not. Why doesn't Leslie ever hook us up? Maybe I'll bring I like to have a Leslie parm. party one day. I like to get to know her a little bit. Maybe we can make that happen. Yeah. Quite frankly, I think I adore that woman. Bring in, bring Leslie in. Have her party. She's a saint. Great lady. She's a wonderful she woman. Like, like a nice fucking glass of red wine every night or something. Do me I don't a favor. Like when you say it. I don't like when you say <laughs> stuff. Here's the other thing. Yeah. Here's the problem with you. Yeah. You're disrespectful and you curse to the whole thing. I don't. The cursing thing I got to work on, but I don't see how it's disrespectful. Because I'm, I'm afraid like you're going to say this to Leslie, his mom. Yeah. Excuse me. What is Italian for vagina? <laughs> I that would make me so uncomfortable if you do that. Leslie, where are you going? <laughs> what happened? Come back here. Leslie. Vito, get your mother. <laughs> I love this song. No better Italian composition. No, this is it. I think this is actually their national anthem. <laughs> to be, right? Hey, what are we doing? Singing a national anthem or something? See, no one will get mad at that, but if you sit around here going like this, everybody would be like, oh my God, how could you? You'd never hear the end of it. I know. God, Italian people are so cool. Yeah, they're the coolest. They just don't give a fuck, you know? They're just like, hey. Yeah. You know what? They got that gene. <laughs> you couldn't do that. Huh? No, I was going to say that what you said before, you couldn't do it like Kenny Powers did that episode of East Bounded Down. When he was like, I come in here and you all thinking, you honky-ass motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny as shit. That Fez missed it because it all turned to pixels. That's sad. Been going a little quiet today, huh, Fez? Yeah. You got a good view, though? Yeah. You love it? And your heart. You love radio? Yeah, I do. Well... I want to introduce you to somebody, Fez, because the Runaways, I think we're like the first girl rock and roll band of all time. They predated the Go-Go's, and I'm not talking about girls, you know, a girl singing group or heart that had two girls and the rest dudes. Rock. I'm talking straight. We're a girl band. Everybody in the band is a girl. That was the Runaways. And I believe they were all under 18. That makes it hot. At the time. <laughs> it made it very, very hot. And then all the girls were extremely hot. So, fuck it, it's just a win-win. It's a great concept. And they put together this little band and, you know, started kicking up the dust, went to Japan where they were complete rock stars. And then, like any good band, uh, broke up. Ran for a couple of years and then broke up. That's how it goes. Very exciting. Uh, because of that, the Runaways has become legendary. They did that film a couple of years ago, which is really terrific. It's one of the really great rock um, 
rock movies. But the lead singer, the one who's stepped away from it all, uh, is coming in here to uh, join us. And Chris Stanley, you will... Even though this is a different generation for you, yeah, you adore her. Love it. Love Sheree Curry. Love her. I'm. I, I've always dug her, um, and I'm really, really excited to have her stop in here. And she has her son with her. Yep, the son's here Great. with a guitar. If they want to do some music, I'd love to have it. That's cool. Um, First time on our show. By the way, go to SheriCurry.com. SheriCurry.com. Like I also said, go over to, what's the other website? Um, Chainsaw Chick. Chainsaw Chick. You are going to be amazed what a terrific artist she is. She's a great sculptor. Does it all with a chainsaw. Phenomenal stuff. Um, But we will uh, bring her in now. The one and only. Shree Carey.
Shri Curry in studio with us. How are you doing? I am just so happy to be here. My God. There is, <laughs> I love you. Well, thank you so much. I do. I love you, Ron. Thank you so much. I'm glad to hear that. But you look so fantastic, which I'm sure you hear all the time. Uh, you, even after my long plane flight and yes, oh, you're too sweet. No, see, I love you even more now. All oh, that's true. <laughs> well, the uh, before we even get into this, and you're back out on tour, and uh, but before we even get into this, the, the kinship that I had with you too is about the same time fell in love with David Bowie, and that's a lifelong thing, isn't it? It is, and he yeah. doesn't disappoint, does no. he? Ever. The Ever. new stuff is great. I was actually telling people earlier, sometimes it takes me years to go back after some of the changes because I get disappointed, you know. But then I'm going, no, I do love that album. But it doesn't always come to me right away because I, I just get upset that you leave certain personas behind. You know, I agree with you. And yeah. my very first concert ever was Diamond Dogs, well, was which was amazing. in 74 at the Gibson. Uh, well, it was yeah. the Universal Amphitheater. In fact, Glenn Danzig just had me open for him it was the one of the final shows at the gibson for they tore it down right but but bowie i expected ziggy right and he came out as the thin white duke <laughs> yeah and of course for a moment it was like oh, that's not david bowie that's some guy in a zoot suit yeah but then he, yeah i i was a little disappointed i wanted to be like dazzled but he dazzled me other ways yeah, and then the very next tour, he was a black guy from Philly. That's so right. he just came around. I'm like, what happened? We never, what's going on? And then I go back to them, and I'm like, Jesus, this is great. You know, we, we just did a, we got a Bowie uh, station going here, all Bowie all the time. And uh, he's so interesting. Because, I would go to New York for that. Yeah. I swear to God. But you know what? When you really think of somebody that has created the, the characters, first of all, that really were David Bowie, but, mm -hmm. but to constantly be re-evolving and reinventing, I mean, that's what's so interesting and has kept us hooked all these years, I, I believe. Yeah. Well, he had the guts. He's still around New York. You can see him. Uh, but he just is like the now kind of a, he's taken on kind of a cool elder statement. He's statesmanship. He's very aloof from it all. I know that he's turned down a fortune in the last couple of years of tours that he could do and projects he could be in because he just just wants to do whatever he wants to do. I guess like always though, right? It's all he's ever wanted to do. Right. Well, you know, he worked awfully hard. Yeah. I mean, that guy, he deserves to not have to, to do it if he doesn't want to do it, you know? For you, is that when you said to yourself, uh, I think I want to be in rock and roll? Or Yes, it was the yeah. David Bowie Diamond Dogs concert, and I was standing in the audience, and it just hit me like a bolt of lightning. And I, I mean, of course, I was, I'm a twin, so, you know, I was a surfer chick with the long surfer, you know, bell bottoms and... and uh, and something hit me, and I just it just changed my life. And I just knew that I had to be on stage. And so I started doing the talent show as David Bowie. And next thing I knew, I met Kim Fowley and Joan Jett at the at the Sugar Shack, and they just liked my look. I'd cut my my hair into a shag, and and I went and auditioned, and that was it. And that started the Runaways. That right, very strange thing, which is now. Oddly, legend. You know, what I mean, after, of course, I mean, it was always kind of legendary, but after the movie, there's another generation. 
that sees that as legendary. I agree. I, I mean, I, I opened for Joan in 2010 at the Pacific Amphitheater in Orange County, and what blew my mind more than anything was the young kids. And yeah. I mean, 10, 11, 12-year-olds crying uh, that were fans, you know, watching Joan and watching myself perform. And, um, and it, you know... Having my own child here, Jake, he's not a child anymore. He's a young man. Um, you know, you have a uh, you've got a responsibility to to show them that, hey, if this is something that, that they inspire to do, they can do it. They can do it. And that's why I think the Runaways music is what still resonates with so many people, because when you when it's the when it's the year of, you know, American Idol or the voice and all mm-hmm. these unreachable prodigy type. What? What? How do how do you inspire to that? Unless right. you're just insanely gifted, and the majority of us are not. So what I really love about the Runaways is that the songs were easy, but they were hard hitting, easy to play for, and 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 anyone could sing them. And I think that that's really needed these days. So when when Jake's here with you, he's out on tour with you as well, right? Yes, he's actually usually in the front with me, playing mm-hmm. guitar and harmonizing and. Uh, which he he's so good at, but he's drumming for for me on this tour. He wanted to wanted to drum. So when Jake is <clears throat> after everything that you went through in the Runaways, and then uh, then your kid says to you, "Oh, I really like music." That's gonna make the the heart skip a beat, right? He's Actually, be like, no. I was thrilled. He picked up the guitar when he was thirteen years old. Yeah. And actually, right before his fourteenth birthday, I went on Steve Jones Jonesy's Jukebox yeah. show and brought Jake with, and Jake played guitar along with with the uh, you know Steve, mm-hmm. and we did the Runaway songs and. Jake thought he wanted to be a basketball player. Then he thought he wanted to be a skateboarder. And I, we bought my wonderful ex-husband, Robert Hayes, and I, we supported it and supported it, but it never worked out for him. But when he picked up that guitar, he never put it down, and he can sing. This kid, I wish I had a voice like his. Dude, here's the weird thing. You're, what, 13 and singing with Steve Jones? So, you know, that's, that is, that, there's a chapter for your book, too. Um, it's, it's really weird, too, Sheree. I was saying how many many uh, second-generation musicians there are, rock and roll musicians. Mm-hmm. So many of these kids uh, grew up with this music. And the weird thing is that they have a better vocabulary than the rest of us. You know what I mean? They know 50 years of music now. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we were always like, oh, you only had to go to Elvis, to the Stones, and we were ready. That's but right. these guys are around 50-some years into this, they know. You know? Right. Well, of course it's got the internet Mm -hmm. we didn't have that no i mean we had the the local radio station and we had midnight special right right right. i mean we had to read buy the magazines read the magazines buy the records listen to the records and we had to do our homework to be real fans yeah it took forever to be able to put all that together you know and of you know there were certain records you couldn't even find you know what i mean so if it was ziggy Iggy Pop, that was something that was, okay, I've seen it in the magazine, but I don't have it at my record store. You know, where do I get? So there was uh, so many people that it took years mm-hmm. to be able to track down right. some of that music. And now if a kid goes, 
all right, I'm in the Bowie. Within a week, you could probably heard of uh, everything Every the record. Bowie's have ever done for free. Yeah, for free. Yeah, right. And and be able to witness just you know the videos from that. Day. And you know what? You look back now, some of the David Bowie video. How can how can you not? And even Alice Cooper, yeah, Elton John. I mean, we grew up in a magical time, did we not? Yeah. I mean, th- when you bought a ticket for back then, what seven dollars or yeah. something, you got a show. You got a show from Alice that was just like a theatrical mega yeah. experience, as, as well as David Bowie and Elton John and um, and many others. You know, we just grew up in in a time when it was uh, all about impressing. You know. And embodying what what music was, well, massive amounts of kids would come out to those shows too. I mean, it's very rare for younger people now to be able to go out and play in front of twenty thousand uh, people, but that was the norm. That was the size of the places mm-hmm. that these shows would come through. And again, you're right; you'd get three major acts. It would be affordable, you know. And as soon as one show was over, you're like, "Where's the next one?" Mm-hmm. And a lot of that, I think, had be we did have to get out of the house you know you didn't have a computer to keep you you know busy all the time or yeah computers and iphones and i mean oh my goodness gracious well with the runaways um you know that was i'm sure all too much too soon for you now looking back on it right i mean it was an incredible lot to ask of those young girls i i don't think it was too much too soon i just think it was just not the right we just didn't have the right support system, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we were being, we were money making kids. The only problem is we never made the money. We never right. saw the money. We told there wasn't any money and we just loved the music and what we were doing enough to be- try to believe these people. And, but the thing is, is in the end, we, uh, when I look back, especially, you know, like m- myself being a twin and never been away from home in my life and, and to go out for three months at a time and, you know, um, we had to be strong and we had each other. Mm-hmm. But that wore thin after a while because uh, it just, we needed guidance yeah. more than just each other. Yeah, you definitely had, had somebody who'd been there and was looking out for you. Yeah, um, which we didn't have. But you never lost the love for the, the music? No, it was something that I, I feel I was put here to do. Yeah. I mean, we made a big difference in a we made a, a big difference in a huge way for for kids that had you know a belief in themselves. That's that was our main our main message was to believe in yourself. Yeah. You you, you can do anything if you just believe it and uh, and uh, follow your heart. That's that's really what I think a lot of people are taking away from the Runaways now. Unfortunately, you know, even with the movie, how do you put? Uh, you know, almost three years of absolute insanity into an hour and a half. I mm. feel the message could have been stronger, but how do you do it in such a limited time? We we need a mini series, The Runaways. Oh, absolutely, really yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, the the other thing is when you look back on that, of how few girls had ever done that before. Yeah. Um, yep. It only happened a couple of times. Well, Susie Quattro, of course, mega goddess that Amazing. she is. Amazing. Just, I love her. And even like today, uh, you know, I was listening to Your Mama Won't Like Me. Yeah. Oh, God. That's one of yeah. the songs that people, they don't even play that often. Just 
She is the real deal, man. Yeah. The real deal. Well, Susie Quattro had that thing of being, you know, in leather, but she was glam. And for once, it was a chick. So finally, you know. And that voice. Yeah. And just was a, was a true. So it was almost like if Mark Bowen had a vagina. We were finally like, oh, thank <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, I agree. And that voice still, I mean, no one yeah. has been able to come close to that voice. Uh, you know, and just being so tiny. Yeah, she was, was little. Five two. Yeah. But I was just, uh, we were just uh, uh, talking or, you know, via email, Lita and, and, and Susie and I just a few weeks back. And I just, uh, she's in Vegas right now and um, while, while I'm out here. But I just can't wait to see her new show. Can't wait. And I love the fact, too, still doing it. You yeah. know, that's the cool thing about it. Well, you know, what else do you do? I mean, I've, I'm great with the chainsaw and I love it. And yeah. look, I'm not, I... If I wasn't sitting here with you, Ron, and, mm. and I love and fez, I mean, I, I would be carving. But uh, the thing is, is that I'm doing this for a reason. I don't quite know what it is yet. Um, I made a record uh, with Matt Sorum. It's a great record. It's not out yet. There's nothing I can do to make it come out. So I have to move on. And bottom line, it'll come out eventually. But now J uh, Jake and Kim Fowley and myself and Lita went into the studio and we're making another record. Because we have to. And mm -hmm. I don't know why. But I guess there's something I need to do, you know, which I'm doing. I'm just following my heart. Well, I guess the stuff that you do with the with the chainsaw art and all, you're carving away at it, you're carving away at it, and finally something appears. I guess the same is true with music in a way. Wow. You know, you just keep shaping, 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 and, and there it is, you know? Right. And, and I mean, you know, that little inner voice told me that I needed to, to do this when I witnessed some guys chainsaw carving at the side of the road. But also, I think what I really loved about the, the chainsaw stuff is that it helped me face my fears. Because I'll tell you, that machine can hurt you bad. Sure. And I mean, there is no doubt about it. And it was one more thing that terrified me that I needed to master, and I did. Mm -hmm. Because fear, as you know, holds you back from everything. Yeah. And if you don't deal with it, and you don't face it and confront it, then uh, you, you're stuck. Um, so many of the things that that you've had to overcome, uh, like everybody from our generation, had sure. to decide one way or another, you know, live or die. Yeah, live or die. <laughs> Am I going to just stay on the floor or get back up? Um, and every single day, I think to myself, hey, what am I going to do today? But, you know, always make that right choice. But isn't it strange the wisdom that can come through that? Like, I don't think you'd want to wish that on anyone. But once it get, once you've been through that kind of darkness, it's amazing what you're ready to create. I agree with you, Ron. And I will tell you as well that I, everyone that has been an alcoholic addict that I've mm. met are... Absolutely, and being in AA since 1924, I mean, not 24, <laughs> 1984. <laughs> oh, that must have been a past life. I don't know how they came out. But but I have never seen more talented, exceptional human beings. Yeah. So I've come to the realization that you're given this devastating disease, and it is something that you there is no cure. You're never free of it, no matter how much someone turns around and says that they're you know, they're they're free of it, they aren't, because it comes back at right. the most unopportune times of the most devastating ways. Um, but it's kind of a trade off. 
you know you have this this thing that you have to deal with that that bugs you quite a lot through throughout your life or and you're also given this great talent and this great uh um courage that i think a lot of people that are you know normal don't really possess i yeah, think it's I, an even trade i guess I, I i would agree with that and i think that with awakeness there's also pain so yeah there there are times that you think oh this hurts but at least you know it now you know exactly uh you're going to do something with your son for us before you leave what what song are you guys going to do together well we were talking and we thought well you know what people love cherry bomb sure and so i mean so we'll just do that one of course we don't have two guitar players so <laughs> Jake is uh, no Steve Jones this time, but <laughs> but we'll just give you a, a little uh, a little taste of cherry bomb. Can't stay at home, can't stay in school. Old folks say you poor little fool. Down the street, I'm the girl next door. I'm the fox you've been waiting for. Hello. Daddy, hello, Mom. I'm your ch 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 cherry bomb. Hello, world. I'm your wild girl. I'm your ch 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 cherry bomb. Stone Age love and string sounds too. Come on, baby, let me get to you. Bad nights, scars, and teenage blues. You get down, ladies. You got nothing to lose. Hello, Daddy. Hello, Mom. I'm your ch 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 cherry bomb. Hello, world. I'm your wild girl. I'm your ch 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 cherry bomb. Oh. Hey, street boy, you want some style? Your dead and dreams don't make you smile. Well, I'll give you something to live for. Have you and grab you to your soul. Hello, daddy. Hello, mom. I'm your ch 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 cherry bomb. Hello, world. I'm your wild girl. I'm your ch 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 cherry bomb. Cherry bomb. Cherry bomb. Cherry bomb. Cherry bomb. That was amazing. God, if I would have known all this time, I would have had this experience. I never would have slept. I would have stayed. Oh, I would have so stayed away from um, the tour is out there. Gramercy Theater in New York City, uh, Brighton Bar, Long Branch, The Revolution in Amityville, and you can check out all of the dates. You got it up on your website, right? I do. Uh, yes, yes, I believe so. Right. Otherwise, you on Facebook. Facebook, like, yeah. Or uh, Cherie Curry, thank you so much. Oh, what a guys. pleasure, you guys. Love you, love you, love Stop you. Stop back in anytime you're in the city, all right? Thank we'll you. We'll see you there.
enjoying the Ron and Fez show on Sirius XM's Opie and Anthony channel. More in moments. Yeah. Upset that he didn't know the cherry bomb was going to be live in here. He ran down the hall. Guess what? Neither do we. That's how it happens. <laughs> that was incredibly cool. Yeah, that was really awesome. Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Fezzy, uh, you're all pumped up from a political point of view about the mayor of uh, New York and the governor of New Jersey. Both these stories pale in comparison to the mayor of the great city of Toronto, who's finally gotten around to admitting, yeah, and daddy liked that crack. (laughs) So I'm going to play a little bit of this. This is the mayor of a major North American city admitting to smoking crack but apparently not while he's stepping down. Just thinks it's something people do. Um, what is his name, Chris? Uh, Rob Ford. Let's take a listen. Now to City Hall, where the mayor is speaking. Let's listen in. I'm Did going you... on what he said. Has the chief offered to show you the video personally? Um, you know what? Uh, I haven't. I can't comment on the video um, that I haven't seen. You guys have asked me a question. You asked me you asked me a question back in May. And you can repeat that question. The question we asked you back in May? Yeah. You said you 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 asked me a couple questions. And what were those questions? Do you smoke crack cocaine? Exactly. Yes, I have some looked crack cocaine. When, but sir? no, do I? Am I an addict? No. When have you have I tried it? Um, probably in one of my drunken stupors, probably approximately about a year ago. I answered your question. You asked the question properly, I'll answer it. How many yes, times? I've, made mis- I've made mistakes. I, all I can do now is apologize and move on. I don't know what I'll... Oh, oh, guys, whoa, 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 okay, can, I, can I just... Uh, yeah, go ahead. All I can say is I've made mistakes. That's, and you guys kept referring to alcohol. There was a couple of isolated incidents. There's been times when I've been in a drunken stupor. That's why I want to see the tape. I want everyone in the city to see this tape. I'd like to see this tape. I don't even recall there being a tape in a video, and I know that, so I want to see the state that I was in, but um, that's exactly it. That, that's like, I don't know what else I can All right, do. let's stop it for a second. I love drunken stupor <laughs> as a way of getting out of something. I was annihilated. I was drunk, okay? Get off my back. Come on. Well, you wouldn't? Jesus. Uh, in America, would he have to step down if this was in the U.S.? Yes. 
Yes. Hold on, Fez. You don't know all the facts. He was in a drunken stupor. Oh. But seriously, you would still hold it against him? Yeah, he would not be able to get away with it. But what, what about with you? Would you be able to say, if a guy said to you, I'm in a drunken stupor? If this guy. How do you hold him responsible? <laughs> he was so annihilated. Yeah, here's the words that would make it. Yeah, he has to step down for me. When he goes, eh, about a year ago. When he was in the mayor's office, this wasn't like some childhood no, I get indiscretion. That. I get that. But he also wasn't doing it in the office. He was all fucking banged out with his buddies. He's fucking loaded, blitzed, shit-faced. Whacked. He's out in the fucking front yard puking. He's elbowing assholes out there. And he thinks to himself, won't I suck on that glass dick? Can't you forgive a guy for that? No, not while he's in office. Not while he, he's supposed to be running the city. He's not running the city at night. He's out drinking. I mean, you're now saying that a guy can't be really drunk and run the city. Do we tell public officials none of them can drink? That's what it sounds like Fez is saying. Chris, have you ever done anything that you regretted while you were drunk? Of course I have. Should we sit here and hold you responsible as if that were you? No, not at all. I, I, in blackouts, I've fucking done shitty things. Things out of character for me. Thievery, fucking, just, just awful bad things. You, you were in the wrong, uh, country. In Canada, people could be a little more understanding. Please, because this guy, so what? He had a couple drinks, hand him a crack stem. He's not going out looking for more crack rock. That's true. Like, he's not a crackhead. If this guy was fucked... Was... That's what he says. We don't know that. This is the one time he got caught and he's admitting to it. There could be other times he was drunk, yes. But he's not running around smoking crack. He gets really fucked up, the crack comes out, and he fucking enjoys some. That's all. Smoke some rock. Um... Dustin, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, uh, Fez, I remember when you got drunk and threatened to kill somebody on the air. Should That's true, and that was out of character for you, Fez. You don't normally do that. No, I would nor not normally do that, but I didn't smoke crack cocaine. I didn't break the law. If he's going to do yeah, this... Yeah, you know what? You could have broken the laws or at least the rules here by threatening an intern. I mean, you did make a threat that you were going to kill somebody. You did throw stuff. And we all went like this. That's Fez. He's pretty loaded right now. He's had a couple. We were thinking like Canadians. Yeah. Thank God we were thinking like Canadians that day. Toronto, I salute you. It's a classy move from, from the entire town. I always thought Montreal was the premier city of Canada. No. Toronto's moving up to have crack marriage. It isn't moving up. It's the, it's the number one city. Montreal. That's they're the second city. They're almost what I would consider Canada's Chicago. Shitty French Canada. Um. Here's uh, David. David, you're on the Ron Fez show. Uh, yeah, Ron. I was wondering if you guys heard the uh, the tape of him calling a radio show as someone else sticking up for himself. Here's the thing. I haven't heard that, but I'm going to guess he was in a drunken stupor again, <laughs> and also forgive him. You gotta forgive, Fuzzy. Just because he was in the drunken stupor doesn't mean he's allowed to break the law and smoke crack cocaine. Everyone in the past year who was busted for crack should be let loose. Oh, I have no problem with that. 
Yeah, it's, of course, if they were as upfront as this fellow is. I mean, this guy just came out and said, yeah. In one of my drunken supers, I smoked crack. He didn't just come out and say it. They've been hounding him for nearly a year. Very responsible of him. It's a press conference. Here's uh, Bunny. You're on the Run of Face show. Hey, let me just put down my imaginary Reuben sandwich here. Mmm. Imaginary starving. Mmm. So, is is this a legal defense in Canada, the drunken stupor defense? Seems or? like it. Yeah, I wonder, if, I wonder if there's a court case where this has been cited. <laughs> Um, you probably would have to go like this, Your Honor. I'd uh, like to uh, bring up McGinley, Headbutts uh, Warrington, as my defense. So drunk, he did not know he was in a fight. Um, here's Jeff. Jeff, you're on the Ron Fez show. Hey, I'm just uh, more offended that this guy did some crack instead of just some regular, you know, straight-up business guy cocaine. What's wrong with him? You sound like a racist, my friend. Yeah, this guy's no good. People who act like cocaine is fine and, and rock is bad are racist. Just <laughs> light that up. Let's just see what it feels like. Here's Mike in Toronto. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Hey, what I got I to gotta tell you, what I love about this piece of shit is he denied and denied and denied this ever happened when they started talking about the videotape. But now that it seems like the videotape's going to Mike, uh, in his defense, he was so drunk he blacked out. He was so fucking drunk, he didn't know where he was. He had three, he's got three missing days. No one's done something when they were blacked out. He accidentally uh, went out and launched a ship. <laughs> you know, that's the other thing, Fez. You're acting like it's a big deal. It's not like he's in charge of an army. You know what I mean? It's not like he's chancellor of Germany. He's mayor of Toronto. Now, when you go up to Toronto, you think to yourself, I'd like to get a little drunk. Mm. Maybe he's so drunk, I don't even know what I'm doing. They have like 12 overproof beer there in the yeah. stores. You can just get hammered. It's nice to know that a mayor understands. I, I wouldn't want the new mayor of New York City out smoking crack at any point. You don't know what's going to go wrong in a city. Yeah, but he does. Well, as drunk as he was, he shouldn't be making that decision anyway. <laughs> but what kind of 3 a.m. decisions need to be made by the mayor? You know, they don't have a fucking red phone hooking them in with Moscow. People got to sleep, dude. Come on. Or, or just have a personal life, you know? Yeah. How about this? The mayor's really drunk right now and smoking some crack. Could you give us a call back in 14 to 15 hours? Because this is going to go a ways. Um, let's go over to um, Andy in Indianapolis. You're on Run Fez. Hey, fellas. Hey, I, I wanted to kind of know where to draw the line on it, too. Uh, I, I talked before about if it was just regular cocaine, would it be different because of that buzzword crack and everybody's all locked into that? And then would it be the same? Does Fest feel the same way if it would be marijuana or where, where's the line drawn? Is it if you take an extra Ambien out of prescription, is that, uh, is, is that also punishable by removal from office? The, the guy was drunk. He was really, really drunk. He doesn't normally light up a crack pipe. He had a couple of drinks. A few drinks. Then the fucking pipe was going around. He made the drunken judgment to take a hit off of it. I don't well, think it was a few drinks. He kept calling himself in a stupor. All right, I'm not going to. I never wanted to bring this up on the air. But I'm going to do it to win a uh, argument with Fess. Okay. One time when he was really drunk, 
3 o'clock in the morning, he ate a ham that his mom had put right. in the refrigerator, mm-hmm. polished it off, a family ham. That was for everyone. You know what? I did mean to say that. I want to put Sounds it that like way. Sounds like you did. Only because I've told this story before. But those times I was drunk. But I don't think of you as the type of guy who sit around and eat a family ham. That's not you. And that's I don't what, want to think it is. That's why I'm able to defend you. And that's why I defended you that, that day that you were screaming at the intern. I know that you were just loaded. And here's the other thing. Suppose he didn't smoke the crack with his friends, right? Yeah. Then guess who gets called pussy and narc and has people uh, checking him for a wire? The mayor. And the mayor has to be respected and loved. He's got to be cool. Yeah, he's got to be the man. And like he says, it's not like he's going out doing it all the time. No, not at all. And he wants to see the tape, so do I. He said it's been once in the past year. We don't know the other times. That doesn't make sense. He smoked crack once. That's it. When he was annihilated. One big fat pull off that crack. Punch. John and Hoboken, you're on the Run of Fez show. What would be the worst case scenario for a mayor like that? To smoke a dick, smoke crack, coke, or weed? What's the worst possible? Political? Uh, weed, you're going to get away from. Away with. That's fine. Crack and a penis are two really difficult things for you politically. Um, I will say this. You can go to rehab for crack. No one's ever go to rehab and got out of being gay. Nope. There are, it's always, there's always thoughts. Those gay thoughts stay. And then those thoughts lead to actions. And that ruins it for everybody. Or at least the guy who's running for whatever office it is. I used to have a thing when I got really drunk. I thought I could drive better than I could. <laughs> forgive me. I have. I've forgiven me, can't you? I forgive you. I wish that this mayor would use his assets to turn this thing around. Show up with David Spade. Start singing Fat Guy in a Little Coat and see if everybody didn't end up liking you. Time Boy 2. Get in production. I didn't say it. Is it good? Time Boy 1's great. I don't even know him from Black Sheep. Those guys together. <laughs> um, Keith in Georgia, you're on the Run of Fest show. Yeah, I'm uh, offended by the Toronto mayor's lack of style. He, uh, you know, when Mayor Barry was caught, you know, not only did he include a hooker, but he also had that tie wrapped around his uh, head, which really kind of, you know, added to the whole video. Sometimes I, when you get really wired, you make odd fashion choices. <laughs> that is true. That is I the mean, only the only time that you're going to think, I need to hold my brains in. Because that's what you end up doing. You put the tie on tight. So the top of your head doesn't explode. It makes sense. Here's Mark in Kentucky. You're on the Run of Fest show. Ron, this guy needs a little uh, defense. He needs to talk about all the good things he does when he's in a drunken stupor. And then everything will be okay. There, that is true. Uh, or what about this? Some of the good things that he's done, just because he's had the opportunity to blow off some steam. You know? Yeah. Just, There's a lot of times you know you got a nice party night like this coming, or you just had a party night, and you are so you got so drunk that you literally don't want to drink again for four or five days out of embarrassment and nausea. Oh, duh, hangovers? Yeah, this guy's hungover two weeks. Those straight. of us who have never sinned, throw the first rock. Throw that big, fat rock right up there. Get up in the pipe, then. Mm. 
I can't hold it against the guy. I just don't think it flies as an as an excuse for breaking the law like that. Where uh, it doesn't it sound like yes, it's okay to smoke crack cocaine in Toronto no. unless you're if you're really really in a drunken stupor. It's got to come up that way. Yeah, he didn't go looking for it. He didn't go buying it. It's not something he would have done. The Rock just showed up. That's all. And all right, okay, pass it over here. Didn't you ever? Didn't you ever get so drunk you end up like punching out a window? You wouldn't have done that if you were sober. No. You were drunk. I've it, it, blacked out. It, anything can happen because you're you're a different person at that point. Yeah, and all all bets are off. And then when your girlfriend like later she's like crying, you're like, I can't even trust you. You're like, look at me. I ain't punching windows right now. Come on. That's how I was then because I was drunk. I blacked out in college and fucking threw myself through a window in college to run from the cops. Like, the cops were knocking down a party. I heard about this later, and they said, you were fucking carrying a screen door under your arm running into the woods, dude. You look like the Kool-Aid man getting away from the from the 5-0. It's like, I'm not supposed to be here, is what I heard I yelled, and then fucking kicked. I fucking... Like, apparently no one was supposed to be there. Kicked the fucking, the fucking window out and then threw myself out it. You ever been so drunk you went to the wrong house? These things happen. Yes. This is something drunk people do. Uh, Ed, Ed, you're on the Run of Fez show. Fezzy, we've all been there. Sometimes in the middle of the night in a drunken stupor, you just need a little kickstand to prop you up a little bit and get you through the next Get the second hours. win. Get a second win for yourself. I'll tell you this. I guarantee you he wasn't first one home. And did he only just take the one hit, or did he sit there and did they finish... Rock. We have to wait for the premiere of this video that he wants all of Toronto to watch. No one's going to get to see it. That's why. That's the problems we have. I would love to watch this. Well, me too. I wanted to watch it when Gawker thought they had it. I know. Remember Gawker raised all that money? Yeah. And then, you know, people like, oh, no, it's not even real. Duh, duh, duh. Well, looks like Gawker was on this from the get. Yeah, I might have to apologize. I think I was one of the people who said it wasn't real. <laughs> they had it. Maybe I wasn't. I don't know. I was pretty annihilated back then. We could have won either way. Uh, it's the Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I just think that we have to be very careful how much we blame people when they get that drunk. Uh, Mike, you're on the Ron and Fez Show. Hey, Ronnie, let me put down the Stanley Ham. Um, so is it Todd or Fez who's demanding a pound of flesh from the Toronto mayor? This is Fez talking. I think that's a Todd thing. Oh, I think it's Fez. Yeah, Fez is not very nice then. Not very forgiving. Um, here's uh, Bradley. You're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, the good thing is that this is happening in Canada, so all you've got to do is say sorry, and then all will be forgotten. I think it's worth... Accepting a man's p apology. I think he was big to come straight like this. And I think everybody should say to him, okay, no harm, no foul. I don't think he apologized. I just think he said I got myself really, really drunk and then high on crack cocaine. Yeah. I don't think he apologized well, at all. Well, you know, why does that even need an apology? All right, so yeah, the guy he, didn't, likes... he didn't have everyone else smoke it. I mean, this is his body. He can do what he wants to it. He can have a couple drinks and f inhale some crack smoke because it makes him feel good. All right. If this guy was running against de Blasio, he would have got my vote. I'll get a crack vote. That's me.
Rob Ford. I didn't know that you were pro-crack. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think... I'm not pro-crack. I could just understand his explanation. You do things when you're drunk that are out of character. But he's the one who got himself really, really drunk in a drunken stupor. Haven't we all? Yes. Then why are we blaming him? It came up last week. I was all messed in college. I was all messed up on pills and alcohol. And I went to my neighbor's house and stole some shit. Now, I woke up the next day feeling I would never do this. I don't want to steal from people. What happened when you returned the stuff? I never returned it. Hmm. <laughs> I just act like it never happened. <laughs> oh, I guess that's one way of being responsible. And dodged the neighbors for as long as I could. That's smart. Until I was kicked out of school. And then, then I had to stop worrying about that altogether. It was great. But I would never do that in real life. I don't want to steal from anyone. It's terrible. Bill, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, are we going to act like none of us have ever gotten really drunk at a party and said inappropriate things to an underage family member? We've all done things that we wish didn't happen. God, yeah. I mean, what are we now supposed to do? Get rid of alcohol? We go back to the prohibition? Should I give Nucky a call and tell him good news for Atlantic City? Looks like you're making some more money. It never helps. Pro well, what are you going to do about it? Prohibition you know? hurts. What do you got there? It's a bottle of JMO. Who sent that to you? That's uh, good old Death Proof. It dropped me off. What's the story with you and, De and DP? <laughs> I don't know. DP's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> just just the, saying those letters. I think the name Death Proof is kind of weird. But I Why are you getting Irish whiskey? Because you're such a good person? Because I'm a great guy. I had to stop up in the office today, first time in like a year. I go, this smells like skunk. I was fucking... And Fez says that it's Hicks. Yeah. And little we know, it's what you're packing. This is what I'm holding, that's all. Yes, uh, you told me you didn't have a damn thing. Oh, well, yeah, well, now it's time to uh, you gotta get, you know, go to other sources to start re-upping. Really? Yeah. Out of Fresno? Fresno is long gone. <laughs> Fresno is faded. It was a great. It was a crazy run of just living in a stupor, as like Rob Ford. <laughs> a wonderful stupor. It was a crazy ass stupor. With a bunch of other people around me. Yeah, you actually said to me the other day, "How old am I again?" <laughs> um, Austin, you're on the Run Fez show. Hey, what's going on, guys? Fezzy, I uh, I kind of agree with you because he was in like a trap house while this happened. It's not like they were at Benny Hanna's just right. fucking. All right. Hoover. So here's another thing. Wouldn't he look like an idiot sitting in a crack house, being the only one not smoking crack? What you're do you even true, do right. there? The mayor's not supposed to be in a crack den to begin with. Why not? He wouldn't have. He was drunk, just like a lot of times you get drunk, and you're like, "Oh, drop me off at that fucking house." It happens, man. You can't be so judgmental about this dude. Uh, Kyle, you're on the Run of Fed show. Hey, buddies. you definitely be able, Once you get to see the tape, you'll be able to tell how many times this guy smoked crack before just by his pipe handling skills. You know, did he heat it up real nice? Did he push that chewer through a couple times to get the resin head afterwards? The tape will tell the tale. It's true. It's a lot if, of he's, if he's stumbling around with it, like, oh, what do I fucking suck on? <laughs> Then we'd be like, look at him. He's like a babe. Light up. I don't know, because I think this is the type of thing the Blasio could have done last night, Chris Christie could have accidentally done, if they drank enough. That's right. And they, they'd be forgiven, at least by me. Like, oh, so Christie, big deal. You smoked a little bit of crack. If we can't forgive this mayor 
for smoking crack, how are we supposed to forgive Sirhan Sirhan for what he did? We're not supposed to forgive Sirhan Sirhan. Sounds like somebody doesn't read the Bible at all. And that was a conspiracy. He was... He doesn't remember a damn thing that happened. Exactly. He was... Drunken stupor? I don't know what it was, but it was something weird. Yeah. He was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I actually like the dude. I'm a big Kennedy supporter. Other things happened there. We all know it. I'll give you three goddamn hits. C-I-A. I wish Oliver Stone was still here. Damn it. I'm sure he's fucking sucked on that fucking glass deck once or twice. Do we judge him? No, he's the man. Somebody said, uh, did you tell him how much you hated Savages? No, I did not tell him that. He has plenty of other fantastic you know films I love. You and Fez <laughs> badmouth a lot of my friends, and then you keep your goddamn pie holes shut when they come around. I've, I, I, I want to pretend that he never had any association with Savages. I love him. I love Oliver Stone. But Savages, I was not the biggest fan of. It's my favorite movie. Really? That was the last one he did? Now it is. <laughs> when he left here, he just kissed me on the forehead and said, Don't worry, Ron, we'll kill all these bastards. All of them. That's a pretty cool moment. Uh, Rick, you're on the Ron Fez show. Hey, boys. Are we even sure the amount of crack cocaine that was in that pipe at the time? Do we have any proof it was actually crack cocaine? We know this. There ended up being a lot less than what they started with, thanks to the Honorable Mayor. Um, Luke, you're on the Run Fest show. Ron, I've been in a drunken stupor many nights on many occasions, probably like, uh, you know, Chris Pecker Dix over there. Hey. But, I mean, the crack pipe has never popped up. What kind of delinquents is this dude hanging out with? He's hanging out with Canadians, place? dude. I like to see you hang out with, with Canada and never bump into a crack pipe. They're just more liberal with it, you know? He's lucky he didn't fucking end up with a dead moose laying across this fucking... <laughs> uh, the hood of his car. Anything could have happened. Uh, here's Nick. Nick, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. So, uh, I, I think we're looking at this the whole... We're looking at it the wrong way. Look, what he did was actually very selfless. He was putting himself into the position of the people that, you know, he's supposed to represent. He wasn't smoking crack for him. He was doing it for the other man. That's beautiful. He's like one of those guys that goes out and tries to live on welfare for a month. Yeah. See how tough it is? Try to live like a fucking crackhead for a night. It's difficult. It's big of him. A rock doesn't stay burnt. It's not like a charcoal that is going to keep on burning. This ain't crack Hanukkah, all right? This is just a crack pipe. That seems anti-Jewish. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, Chris, you're on the run of fast show. Hey, Ronnie B, uh, is it kind of the same thing as maybe, you know, getting too drunk and then smoking crack as it is getting drunk and sucking a little cock? All right. See, you're the second person who brought that up. It makes, it comes off as homophobic. Sal, you're on the Ron Fez show. Hey, Ron, what's the big deal? It's not like the guy stole an umbrella from his best friend. Fez, I'm going to give people a backstory here. One night, Fez got drunk and stole an umbrella from me. Unbelievable. I didn't get drunk. My father died, and I had to get my mother home from the hospital in the rain. What, what are you, Mary Poppins? The only way you can get her home is by umbrella? Mm, old drunken super Fez. Add it again. What'd you do, break into my house to get that umbrella? 
No, you brought it over to the hospital while my father's body was getting cold. Jeez. To make it sound like it's my fault. Shit, dude. Yeah, like I should have shown up with warm blankets or something. I'm not Hawkeye Pierce. I couldn't operate it on him. They had already tried that. It didn't work. Hmm. Look, this isn't the face of a crackhead. This is no, the face of a man who just... You know, if he is a crackhead, he's the fattest one in the history of the world. Normally, you see those guys skinny as a motherfucker. <laughs> His head is just a globe. It's, so, it's just all... It's like a circle of fat. It's great. This guy just took a hit of crack once. It's nothing to worry about. One bad decision ruins a person for the rest of their lives? No. No. Not in North America. Hell and I'm, no. I'm counting that as two countries. I'm not throwing Mexico into it, which you can make some major mistakes. You like walk outside of your house or just live in Mexico. You're anti-Hispanic, my friend. It's very dangerous down there right now. You're like Ted Cruz, the Hispanic, self-hating Hispanic. <laughs> no, Mexico, I think everyone would agree Mexico. There's only one person that can solve uh, the problems of the Republican Party. His name is Chris Christie. His state, New Jersey. And he, my friend, is born to run in 2016. He's the only one who can do it. Give me odds right now. What are the odds Chris Christie is the next president of the United States? Ooh, um, 30%. 30% is not an odd. Chris, give me, uh, give me the odds. Uh, odds, um, six to one odds that... I'm going to lower those a little bit. One to one. <laughs> what? No. It's a fitty, fitty shot. <laughs> it's a lot. That's the next president of the United States. No, I mean, there's a chance. There's a, I'm giving you six to one. That's fucking Who not... would beat him? Uh, no, I don't think... I, well, Hillary, Hillary could beat him. Pig's ear. Fezzi, who could beat him? Um, I would say Hillary could beat him. Jeb Bush, I think, could beat him for the nomination. They don't want Jeb. No, they don't want. They don't want anything to do with a Bush name. I, I would think they 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 want to stay as far away from that Bush family as possible. But I think Hillary has a chance to, to put the fucking hammer down. And both of them, Chris Christie and Hillary, have smoked crack before together. I know who would be perfect running mate for Chris Christie. Who? Obama. Two friends from the storm. They beat a storm back. <laughs> Could a president come back as vice? Yeah. Oh, nice. He should definitely do it then. No, he can't. In this case, he can. For the sake of argument, he can. Sounds like somebody's anti-black. Oh, sounds definitely. Brad, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah. Um, I couldn't tell whether or not you guys are really joking or not. You really think it's okay that he smoked crack? Only under I mean, these circumstances. He was so drunk he didn't even remember it. He's a black guy. But, but then yet you believe him that, that he only did it once. I, I, I think he, whenever he did it, he was annihilated drunk. So that's okay. Well, yeah, I was, I was drunk last night and I raped two kids. Is that okay? You're a sick bastard. You know that? Kid touch you are one I, disgusting I was bastard. Okay, okay. I, I, I was drunk last night and I raped a grown adult woman. Is that, you is that are disgusting, sir. Rapist. You're a rapist and a pedophile and a rapist. It was only one time, and I was drunk. So you guys, that's different. On the wrist, and I'll keep on going on no, my way. One's hey, going out as a fun again. party guy. You can't wait to rape women and children. You're forcing yourself on like, other people. You're like a Viking or someone from Norway. Dutch. 
Uh, Ian, you're on the, on the Ryan Fez show. Hey, um, so, you know, who hasn't got drunk and smoked a little crack? But I'm curious, uh, what, what the, uh, mayor's gonna do about this murder investigation and the cover-up? Stay drunk. Hit it. You know, they said the people that go into his office, there's a big fucking cooler, styrofoam cooler, yeah. sitting on the desk. And they're always saying, why don't you have like a nicer cooler? He goes, I end up throwing them out the windows anyway. <laughs> Do we need to break here or take it to the limit? Take it to the limit? Limit. Let's get in the big cat's uh, mind. Fezzy, what's going on with you? Um, let's see. One in six phones is contaminated with shit. We brought this up earlier. Yeah. We brought this up earlier that the, that the kid's sitting there texting or what he's playing with his apps while he's sitting on the toilet. I said, you got a shit phone. Yeah. Ship, uh, what was the, the name of our new band? Shit Particles? Shit Particles. <laughs> Look. People take their phones out in the bathroom. It's how it happens. Phones and keyboards are the the dirtiest things in your life. They're dirt like this. This keyboard is dirtier than a a toilet seat. But people don't wipe their phones down. I wipe mine down. No, I don't wipe my phone down. I'm playing Candy Crush. I'm kicking field goals. I'm shitting, and then I'm coming back out of the goddamn toilet. What are you wiping your phone down with? I get like a Windex wipe and wipe it down in oh. the bathroom. No, I don't take my phone in the bathroom. That's, I don't... What, that's what we're talking about here. It's the people that have this is the ones that take them into the bathroom, and they're playing uh, Candy Crush. So I'm constantly plugged in. I'm, I'm texting when I'm in the bathroom. Um, Dan and... in Williamsburg, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, I've been to Toronto, and it's a beautiful city. Maybe the mayor of Detroit should smoke some crack. It is a gorgeous city. Everyone goes out of their way to say how clean it is. Never been. Never been in Toronto. Um, by saying how clean it is and how nice the subways are, it's a form of racism. Okay. Great. That's a code racist term that they do. Hopefully Rob Ford can change that. That's all I can hope for. Mm. Ford. <laughs> uh, Jay, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Million bucks is always Ronnie. Yeah. Hey, uh, I think uh, Fez is slandering this mayor in Toronto because he's probably the only witness alive to see what happened to the cat. Cookie? Cookie? If I was in a drunken stupor, then I would have been okay to do anything I wanted to with the cat. We would have forgiven you by now. Even when you were drunk and you lied about the cat to us, we would have forgiven you. Yeah. We would have said, sure, I understand. You were drunk. Things, shit happens, even when you're on your phone. <laughs> Especially when you're on your phone. Yeah. For all I know, Fez got drunk, wiped his ass with his phone, and started talking on it. Oh. But he was drunk. Okay, okay all right. So Give him a break. I keep Give my, the guy a break. I keep my phone away from my ass, and I don't text while I'm on the toilet. You act like you're disgusted by that, but then you want to put a penis in your mouth. It's very difficult to be in this. Which side are we on in this? And it'll probably be like an ATM situation. Oh, Fezzy. And then it's going to be all up in your mouth, dude. Particles. Fez, please. Particles. We're going to call you Particle Mouth. <laughs> Why don't you just call him PM? <laughs> or Excedrin, and we'll know what you mean. Here's Glenn and Ottawa. You're on Run Fez. Ronnie B. Hey. 
99% of Canadians don't smoke crack because they watch less than zero. <laughs> yeah, less than zero was a real goddamn turn off to crack. And a real turn on for people who like uh, gay sex. Snuff. Did you ever see that movie, Fez? No. You never oh. saw Less Than Zero? Really? I never saw it. You'd love it. Robert Downey Jr. has to take a, a dick in the mouth. Because he owes money and he was high on crack. It happens. See? That's how they say most guys turn gay, right? Get pimped out? No. They're born that way. No. Born smoking crack? No, I don't think so. It's, those little baby lungs just can't handle that crack no. smoke. No. <laughs> I guess the only ones born that way are a crack baby. <laughs> um, Sebastian, you're on the Run of Fez show. Well, I just wanted to let you know that this story might keep on giving. The mayor was under surveillance for four months, and on Friday they're supposed to release some of the wiretaps. Well, it is, that's why he admitted to smoking crack now. Dude, do me a favor. You're there in Toronto. Keep me up to date on everything. All right. Keep me up to date. I'll let you know what's going on on Friday. Uh, peace. Later. All right. Um, this got sent in to me. Here are the odds on the next presidential election. Hillary Clinton getting a 5-2. to two. All right. 5-2. to two. Uh, Chris Christie coming in at a big 10-1. to one. Ten to one across the board. Uh, Mark Rubio, about nine to one. Jeb Bush, uh, let's see, he's got 12, 10, 16 to one, 20 to one, 14 to one. He's back there a little bit. Yeah. Paul Ryan runs about a between a 14 and a 20. Trump and Joe Biden runs anywhere from 16 to one to 33 and one. No respect. Ted Cruz is is down as a solid thirty three to one, and in a million to one right now. Yeah. Sirhan Sirhan, <laughs> which is surprising to me. I think I'd still take those odds. So he's got this name recognition. <laughs> yeah. Look, if we chip in together and put a hundred dollars down on Sirhan Sirhan, wow. never have we to could end up with a million dollars. Oh my God, I'm down to fucking take that Sirhan action. I, I'm totally down with it. I might, if I was running his campaign, I'd do like a say my name, say my name, Sirhan, Sirhan. Great, that's a great song. I, I'm sure they wouldn't have any problem with, you know, giving it to How them. dumb were his parents? Mr. and Mrs. Sirhan, have you came up with a name for your baby? I guess just Sirhan. That's all I can think of right now. <laughs> Easy to remember, right? First is same as the last. That'd be like if I go places. I'm Bennington, Bennington. How's everybody doing? What? Okay. What's your name? But you know, you're not really mad. It's Sirhan Sirhan. But with me, you'd be all over it. <laughs> well, Stanley Stanley would sound would sound retarded. There's no reason Chris Stanley sounds stupid. No, it's great. Two first two names. first names is yeah. ridiculous. Oh no, no, it's awesome. What's your middle name? William. Chris William Stanley. Stupid. What's <laughs> stupid? I mean, it sounds like a goddamn musical group. <laughs> or a bad zoo show. Chris and Stanley in the morning. Chris, Billy, and Stanley in the morning. Go crazy. Just one person. This is me. 
Chris Stanley, born free, born gay. Yeah, no, it's straight. Fez, did you say people were born gay? Yes, they are. Chris was born, born gay. No, I was born straight. Way to go, Chris. <laughs> what? You can't just give someone a way to go. Yeah, for we being never born. think of people as born straight, do we? Yeah, especially people who don't think that people are born gay think that everyone's born straight. <sighs> now you sound like them. Now you sound like um, people just can't make up their own mind for stuff. Oh. I think people tend to choose straight. I think gay people have a bias against straights. I'll say this. Chris Stanley showed an, un an uncomfortable excitement about a Persian ass today that was walking down the hall. I was just pointing it out. <laughs> and he says to me, Oh my God, it looks like two strange bulldogs fighting under an army blanket. <laughs> I mean, from far away. It was, yeah. I, at first, I, th I thought it has to be a, a trickery. And then Chris Stanley said this. Trust me, I'd mount her during 9-11. What? Chris? No. Of course. Well, the Persians had nothing to do with 9-11. I mean, it was still too soon, was dude, to even bring up 9-11. You, you shouldn't have wood during 9-11. I know you're like the um, Persian ass, though. Was she on a TV show? Yeah, she's. Uh, I, I I I don't know what I don't. I've never watched something the show. about Persia. Yeah, per Shahs of Beverly Hills. That nothing could be that. That name is actually offensive. Oh, the Shahs of Sunset. You can't call someone a Shah, can you? Unless there's exactly a Shah. That's like calling people from the United States the presidents. Oh, you're one of those presidents that live over there. I think they're all, like, part Shah. Fez has one down south. They call him Shah Enough. <laughs> Shah Enough. It's happening. I'm not sure which one it was, but her, it was her and some other dude. They were dressed pretty ridiculously. Hold on. I'm going to take my medicine right here. Oh. Capful. Yeah. It's good for me. <laughs> this is why my water lasts so much longer than yours, Chris. <laughs> Oh, no, you're getting the coughs because that thing's pointing at you, Fez. Yeah. Remember I was getting uh, poisoned earlier? Right about this, well, yeah, right about around this time. It is the Ron and Fez. It's the midday cleaning thing that they do every day. Sometimes, I guess, they spread an hour in between. But the, the, the thing is, you could be poisoned here at any moment. That's why I started wearing a gas mask around the halls. That's why I just have a cap full of water. It's cow that helps. That, you ever notice that what I'm doing right now is just pouring into a cap and drinking it? Yeah. There's nothing that can make your parents angrier than seeing you do something like that. Just drink it properly. Why does the cap fucking make you so mad? Because it's going to spill. That's why. Mm. My... Uh, what what did my dad always used to get mad at me for? Oh, toe shrapnel left on the butter when I was a little kid. He just felt like that I would rip into my toast, put it back in, and then there would be little pieces of toast around the butter. So I'm going like this. You're fucking putting it on your toast anyway. What's the big deal here? Why do you got to make everything so unpleasant? He needed pure butter? Yeah. Untouched? Yeah. Um, my, I always felt like my brother and my dad just couldn't get off my shit about any kind of food stuff. 
They were just always on me about it. Until finally my mom would snap and just say, leave him alone. He's eating. Yesterday I heard Chris Stanley have a little peanut butter and jelly without drinking. And if you would have heard the lip smacking, anybody who was like, he was just like this. But it was very slow because I don't think, I think he really needed a big glass of milk there. I had no beverage, but I was housing that sandwich though. You're the fastest eater I've ever seen. <laughs> the fastest I've ever seen. I really could make just make it disappear. Uh, look who it is. It's Mikey D. Yuck. Hey, Ron. What's going on? Good. Listen, the name of your band, your new band, is Nothing But Shit Particles. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I'm volunteering to be the drummer. Oh, if we need a shit drummer, yeah, you'll be the first we call. You know he's a good drummer. I've never seen it in person. Of course you have. I've no, I've before. never seen you drum well in person. All I've seen oh. you do is throw wood into the uh, crowd. What's that mean? Like, like drumsticks. Like, oh, okay. Hard dirk. Well, I have my own Mikey Deed sticks. That's why. What made you mad about him throwing his sticks into the crowd? Does yeah, we're not supposed to throw items into a crowd. It could hurt somebody, make a radio station liable. But some people don't want to listen. They just want to do what they feel they're entitled to. Is this Todd or Fez mad at him? Oh, it's both. Okay. Hey, you know, I Mike, you don't get one. I couldn't throw sticks out. But that's besides the point. So, like, who are we going to have in this band? You, um, Jivak, Jersey Rich. Jersey Rich. <laughs> <laughs> I say put Castro in. Let her play triangle. Send Castro in here a little bit. She's too young for you. Mikey. Young Castro no, Cummins, too. Yeah, she is. Was she 22? Yeah. All right, that's not so bad. No, it's got to be half plus seven. Oh. All right. Mikey Castro, just sit over here, darling. Castro is dressed today like Laurie Petty. <laughs> Who's that? Oh, God, that's right. <laughs> I brought up the 90s. You ever seen Tank Girl? That's where I was going with it. No. <laughs> um, do you th have you met Mikey D? Yeah. He's too no, old. No, actually, I've never met him. He's too old for you, right? Yeah. What's the oh, oldest Castro. you'd be with? 16. Seriously? I'm kidding. What would be the oldest? Um, if you weren't with your boyfriend? 26, maybe. All right, 26. So you you haven't seen 26 in a long time, Mikey. No, I haven't seen 26 in a very and long we, time. And we, Fez and I, have this maternal and paternal thing about our interns. And I always want this to be a nice, safe zone for the interns. Safe zone. Yeah, nice, safe zone. Okay. But she can still play triangle for the band. No, I don't like her being around. The, I don't like her being around rockers. No offense, but you're all scumbags. <laughs> Mikey, do you not get along with Fez either? Do I not get along with Fez? Yeah. No, I don't get along with Fez. He doesn't get along with me. Fez, would you care if Mikey died? I could give a shit about Mikey. No. What if he died? Live, live, dead, whatever. I don't care. Would you be a pallbearer with me if he died? Uh, only so I could drop it halfway to the oh, grave. See, that's awful. Oh, that makes the rest of the pallbearers look bad. <laughs> I am not dropping that either. I've never dropped anyone when I pallbearered. <laughs> You ever get that to be a pallbearer? Nice. Never had a chance to be a pallbearer. Okay, you get to ride up front. 
Everyone else looks like an asshole behind you. <laughs> so, Mikey, you can't be with our intern, and it looks like maybe this, whatever this problem is with Fez, is finally closing down? No. Not even close. Is he your most hated person in the world? Yeah. Yeah. More than Shower Bench. Wow, that's really, really close. Uh, Shower Bench is a very hateful person. Um, yeah, but still over Shower Bench. Nice. I'm not a hateful person. I said Shower Bench was. Take the drumstick out of your ear. Okay, but does that mean that you... How would you hate him worse than a hateful person? No, that's what I'm saying. Shower Bench is an awful, hateful type person. Very intolerant. Yet, still like Shower Bench better. Do you think I'm tolerant? Yeah, I think you're tolerant. Too tolerant? Maybe that crack cocaine thing is too tolerant. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that, because the guy was drunk. <laughs> I don't have a problem with that. He likes a little bit of crack. Whatever. As long as he's not, like, at work. Yeah, and even if he is at work, if it's the end of the day. You know what I mean? When you're downshifting. Like, right about this time of the show, we're allowed to start smoking crack here. We are? Yeah. I'll bring it tomorrow. Let's go. I'm coming in then. Not a lot of people do crack here, but none of the songs get at it without a little cocaine, a little something to get the ears working properly. <laughs> That's Rob Crossway. Rob Cross actually has a business card that says, smells like a hit. Um, all right, Mike, I'll let you go. All right, guys. Bye. Hey, Fez, can I just say something to you personal? Sure. You and Mike have me feeling like a little uneasy when you start to talk to each other that way. It doesn't seem, like, friendly. No, it's not friendly at all. And when you said you let him go, I was only hoping that it was because he was hanging outside of a building. That would never happen. I would never say that. I'm never like... I'm going to let you go now. I would never say it. I would just do it. 36 more like, No. And I would yell, no. <laughs> no. That's always the best in the movie, someone screaming no. Yeah. I enjoy it. No one ever screams, yeah, like that. <laughs> yes! It's been a long time. Mm. Well, we are wrapping this one up um, today. It's been a crazy day. Yeah, wild. But you know what? I think we all learned a little. You know, I know Fez did. When I saw you and Mikey make up after all these years. Never. <laughs> what started this, Fez? Why don't you and Mikey like each other? I don't like his sense of entitlement. I don't like how he works people against each other to try to get what he wants. Can I ask you another question? Did something gay happen between you guys? Never. Never. I'm gay and I have much better taste. Did you want something gay that sideshow Bob lookalike? Okay. Jesus, man. No, that hurts Sam's feelings. Come on. Oh, yeah. Do you hate Sam worse than Mikey? or? No. No, I don't. Mikey's at the top of the hate list. How about Osama bin Laden? Osama bin Laden, live or dead, still, I still like him better than Mikey D. All right, if you had a kill shot, mm -hmm. and it was Osama bin Laden or Mikey D, and by the way, this is September 10th, yeah. 2001, who would you have shot? Mikey D. That's just oh, awful. That's, that's, that's just, fucked up. That makes everybody else suffer. Would he get the bounty? Was there a bounty on Bin Laden before then? Because maybe then you want to wait till like September 12th to get that kill shot. Um, I'm sure there was already a bounty on Games! Prizes! Holiday cheer! 
stop winning on the Ron and Fed Show's Million Days of Christmas. I'm going to take next caller and give him something for Million Days of Christmas. Sean in Toronto. Hey, boys. You're a big winner, my friend. You're a big winner. Awesome. Thank you. That's cool. Tom, what you won? Uh... You won a copy of the CD, The Zombies, a complete hit signed by Rod Argent and Colin Bloodstone. Wow, very nice. Thank you, guys. That's awesome. Ronnie, I'm coming up to New York, and I'm wondering uh, what's a good cigar bar. Well, you know, to be totally honest with you, there's not a lot of great cigar bars. There's one on the Upper East Side that would not let Mr. Watley in one night, so that's always been a a fun place for me. What, do you remember the name of that place, Fez? I know it's something with an M. I want to say, like, Macanudo or Club something. Macanudo? Club Macanudo. That's actually very right. I'll tell you what to do. Write to me at ronandfez at AOL.com. Ronandfez at AOL.com, and I'll give you about eight to ten places. Awesome. Thank you. All right. That's great. Thanks, guys. Bring some Cubans down. Sneak some Cubans in. I'll see what I can do. All right. Peace. This is a real classy place. Is it really nice inside? Uh, this is great food. Yeah? Yeah, great food. And you can smoke cigarettes, too, I'm assuming, in there. Yeah, you can always smoke cigarettes in a, uh, in a cigar bar. I think i start going to cigar bars just so I can have that feeling of being able to smoke and have Tommy Z always wants us to make the run over to the place in Easton, PA. I think it's called Leaf. Yeah, it's Le- yeah, Leaf. And uh, that could be like a nice little getaway day with us someday. Or we could do a day trip and just do a show out of there and smoke cigars all day. <laughs> Shit, yeah. I like the sound of that. Would you smoke cigars with us? Uh-huh. Because you're South American, right? Yeah. Got you a Cuban guys, last name. Is you a Cuban blood? Probably. Yeah. We're all mixed. That's true. I didn't even think of it that way. Oh, my God. <laughs> By the way, I got uh, emails from my friend, uh, Brazilian Julie, in Brazil. And she showed, sent me, like, what a typical lunch looks like there. It looks so fantastic that I honestly thought about going to Brazil. This is like a giant spread. No, just the food looks so fresh and great and terrific. It wasn't like an over-the-top American meal, but it was this very tasty-looking Brazilian food. And then she showed me a picture of her standing next to some, I don't know, it was like ruins or something. (laughs) So I guess, would she be an expat now? She's just out there? Well, I don't know if you could call her an expat because her people are in Brazil. So she's still hanging around with family. It's a good question. What makes you an expat? I think I guess having this, she has a, does she have Brazilian citizenship? Like if she has Brazilian citizenship. I don't think she does. Well, then I think that's an expat thing. Cause then she's just an American citizen living abroad. I always tell my parents, I said, when I'm your age, I'm going to probably end up, you know, an expat like that. And my mom was like, how could you do that? And I go, she goes, don't you like America? And I go, I really do. It's Americans I don't like. And she goes like this, yeah, they're, they've really turned mean, haven't they? <laughs> and she's just doing that by the way people act at the supermarket. No other reason. I don't like the way they act at the supermarket. Let's leave this country. That's not good. Well, we got to wrap this one up. Uh, I want to thank my two new uh, best friends in the world. Uh, Oliver Stone, who I can't even get into it, but he and I are starting a revolution. I'll tell you guys later. Oh, 
country. No, 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 don't worry. It's not in this country. It's in another country <laughs> that we're going to take over. Sheree Curry and her son, um, Jake, that were in here. I love Jake. I want him to come back sometime, too, and, and play with us. Uh, but under different circumstances, I think I could have been Mr. Sheree Curry if I would have just... I could have spent the rest of my life just listening to her rock out for me like that and then go over and just um, saw giant woods and the statues for me. Fez, you and Mikey D, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what went wrong, but today I felt like we made a lot of progress. None. We made some I think nice we're back friends. Further. That's it for us. Um, we'll be back in here tomorrow's Friday. Thursday. Wow. Thirsty yeah. Thursday. This is one nutty week, isn't it? Yeah. Well, when you hear me yelling, it's Friday, everybody. Party up. Don't believe me tomorrow. <laughs> We'll see you guys back in here tomorrow. Uh, that's the end of my show. Donk. I've been told that you've been bold with Harry, Mark, and John. Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday to Thursday with Harry, Mark, and John. Satellites gone up to the sky. That drive me out of my mind I watched it for a little while I love to watch things on TV Dish Network, they bring you the hopper. Dish Network, the only TV company where you're going to get the world's greatest DVR system, the hopper. The hopper, 
you never lose a show. That's part of the beauty of it. 2,000 hours of recording space. 2,000 hours. So you're not having to sit there and decide, all right, which of my shows will I get rid of so I can record the game on Sunday? No, you don't have to make those decisions. They're taken completely out of your hands by Dish Network and The Hopper. 2,000 hours, you're not going to lose a show that you wanted to see just because you didn't get to it in the first couple of days. It's The Hopper from Dish Network, the only ones with auto hop where you don't have to fast forward through commercials your hopper will do that for you and the primetime anytime feature where you can record all of primetime with just the touch of a button get all your favorite network shows it's the hopper from dish network packages start at just 29.99 here's the phone number you're going to want to call 1-800-WATCH-TV for dish that's 1-800-WATCH-TV make sure you ask for the hopper order it today 1-800-WATCH-TV